episode on the earbuds. Uh, we're joined by some friends of the pod today. Adam, Jarrett, Taylor, what up? Hello, yo, on? yo. I'd like to make it known that Taylor just waved into the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear the wave? Good radio. We're doing good radio. Uh, today we're going to discuss our favorite 10 albums of the year. Not necessarily the best, but the, our favorites, which probably are the best. You know? yeah. I think that overlaps. I think we we all have perfect taste. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we didn't like dish out any criteria for making these lists. I don't think we talked. That's a pretty open ended. I don't think we talked last year how we did this. Mine is like a mix of like I really like these albums. Also, I think these albums are like capital M meaningful. Those are more towards the top, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Jarrett and Taylor are repeat uh, end of the year album discussion folks. Good to be back on the pod. Let's yeah. Do this. Let's go. <laughs> Let's just kick it off. We're going to go 10 to 1. You guys have us. to rank your favorite guests then. Oh, yeah. Ooh. I'm just kidding. That's yeah. not uh, no, 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 the end of your ranking. Of favorite us, of us three. Row, um, of course. <laughs> you, can, you can save, save that for the end of the episode. We'll save yeah. the, That's behind the Patreon wall. <laughs> Patreon wall. <laughs> <laughs> you got to pay to hear that. In our uh, quest to become a legitimate pod, we're st- <laughs> adding teasing a Patreon <laughs> onto our fake. Yo, um, shout out to listeners. <laughs> Please advertise here. Yeah. Oh, also, before we get into this, we do, uh, we're do. we about to put up our favorite 50 songs of the year playlist, which are going to bop at all your New Year's Eve parties, so check that out soon. All right, Mark, why don't you kick it off first? Your 10th favorite album. My 10th favorite album is by a duo that we've mentioned here on the pod, but never discussed completely, um, the self-titled debut from Grape Tooth. Oh. Um. It's just like, um, I kind of mentioned the meaningful albums. This is the opposite. It's just like a fun album made by talented guys who are just basically playing 80s music, and it's really fun to sing along to. It's a blast. That's all right. guys. You got anything? Oh, no, for sure. Well, honestly, I was going to ask, what do you think of that? I thought their Pitchfork review was a little unfair. Uh, I yeah. You captured that I, I, I resisted the... Uh, the notion to say that it's a sincere album, <laughs> but I no, I don't. I think it's wild yeah. that like that I've noticed Pitchfork. Maybe I only noticed it because they did it to Grape Tooth, and now I'm noticing it everywhere. They are like accusing things of being like unsincere and like kind of things along that line, which is sort of like I get you can sort of nail that down sometimes, but they're doing it a lot, and it's like a very weird... kind of weird. Getting, like, mad cynical. It's like a yeah. weird thing to be, like, you don't really know the thought process. No, and you, like, that album is just, like, fun as shit. So yeah, like, like I think <laughs> yeah. they set out to accomplish what they wanted. Yeah, like, it was, like, a very fully conceived side project, which it kind of is for Clay, of who's in yeah. Peaks as well. Yeah. They just, like, fully probably wrote these songs over time and brought them to life. And the recording's really cool. So yeah. the music videos are amazing. It's like yes. It's like I mean, fairly varied, oh, but so yeah, it's, uh, dude, it's a blast. They're like made to. with like fish lens cameras while like walking through alleys and like neighborhoods you've definitely been drunk yeah. walking through. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I guess we're like dance like dancing in crowds. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. They have like a very Beastie Boys kind yeah. of yeah. to the, yeah. the videos, which yeah. is it's fun. Yeah, maybe it's maybe it's the earbud Chicago bias, but I think sure. I think it's a blast. Yeah, we're leaning into that bias. Yeah, the bias is <laughs> yes. strong right now. Biased buds. It's the side project. <laughs> All right. That's my number. 10. All right, number ten. Adam, you're up. Cool. I've got uh, keep that same energy. Tiana Taylor at ten. 
Ooh. Wow. I, I thought the production on it from Kanye was great. I thought it was super soulful. And I thought with Tiana's voice, coupled with that, the soulfulness of the beats. And uh, I thought it was great. I, I really liked it. I enjoyed it. And I like these short out. I know we talked about it on the Vince uh, episode, but I, I like, like these short albums. 2018 was definitely so about the nice. short, concise yeah. albums. There's a yeah. few of those on my list. It's, it's so easy to listen to when it's you know, 22 minutes. one of the best songs of the year. One of the, yeah. That's for top sure. five for me of the year. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a great album. Yeah, agreed. Okay, cool. For Jay, uh, what you got? For number ten for me, um, I had Father John Misty, God's favorite customer. Ooh. Obviously, Father John Misty, people, you know, kind of the songwriter people love to hate, which <laughs> I think is almost a good thing. I think he kind of of him, you know, music needs more of these kind of characters and personalities. Father John Misty at his best is kind of that wry, cynical kind of asshole. Not unlike as we watch the Jags play the Titans, indie rock Jalen Ramsey. And, his, um, and so his last album that came out a couple years ago is kind of very dreary and driver, piano-driven, long songs. I kind of missed that sense of humor, and I thought God's Favorite Customer, besides having really nice arrangements and great musicianship, had kind of back of his like Randy Newman, funny, cynical sense of humor, which really made it great. So this might surprise people. That's also on my list. Let's go. Very high on my list. Uh, I'm also a diehard Father John Misty fan, which is a tough spot to be in most times, but... Is I, mean, there, I don't want to get too. I don't want to like get a, my two cents until I get to it on my list. But yeah. I totally agree with you that I was very pleasantly surprised. Is there a, a fun term for being like a Father John Misty fan, like like a, the Bay <laughs> or something? <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, I'm a Misty. No, actually, <laughs> no, you're just his son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's for sure. I'm a Misty son. <laughs> yeah. Misty sons, let's go. <laughs> All right, tail. Yeah, go to ten. Lil Misty. Cool. Uh, so my number ten was Rise sophomore album called Blood. Um, it's a very weird title for what they actually are, but it's very good, just sexy chill music. Um, it's hard to describe other than I that. I need a sexy you... chill album, so let's go. No, you put it That's on, and it's just is. the dude has Take the airiest. <laughs> the guy has the airiest voice you've ever heard. It's hard to describe besides airy. Um, I really like the song Taste on there. And then Stay Safe is really good. But then they also, uh, on their sophomore album, threw in some like, kind of disco notes and stuff, which is interesting. Their first album is very kind of dreary electro pop where he's just a beautiful singer. And this one, they throw a few little curveballs, but not as good as the first one. Is it rye or rind? Rye. Okay. Like the bread. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to check that out. Because I remember you sending me a text about it like eight months ago. Probably. Like, yo, check this album out. I just never got to it, so now I'm definitely going to. Oh, damn. Just woke up from a nap. Sorry. New number. Who's this? <laughs> All right. Uh, my number 10 is the Black Panther soundtrack. Let's go. Uh, okay. That thing fucking bops. There's yeah, so incredible. many good songs yeah. on this, and I never thought that a soundtrack to a movie would be in my favorite <clears throat> albums of the year, but shout out Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's I all would... I got. I hope it gets nominated. Is, there are some rumors is like the best it soundtrack? Yeah, that's... That's a category, right, for the Oscars? And it is a best category it's like music for the Oscars. Score, yeah. It's like, right. yeah, but it's they music also score. have... Because um, it's score and soundtrack is separate. separate. Yeah. yeah. Do you have a favorite song on it? Oh, All the Stars. Yeah. And oh. then Oz. Does that count? Yeah, it's on the album. Yeah, yeah. that was on my top 52. That's on Bang. So that's Pray for on, Me is Sick. Every song is good. Pray yeah. for Me with King's Weekend. Dead. 
King's Dead's oh, amazing. Oh, yeah. Disney you, 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 paid for ops. future to say slab of mana. Yeah. <laughs> Paramedic. Paramedic's oh, really good. Fuck. X or ten, technically, but yeah. Roman numerals is a great song. The schoolboy Q song is still fucking mm. good. Yeah. You Shana need a, Kendrick. You need Shout a sound you need a sound effect that's like <laughs> Come on my pod. <laughs> you just send it to guests. You send it to future guests. Yes. Alright, we're gonna cut that portion. Yes, <laughs> so fucking good. Out Save there. that. There are right. some rumors that so the Grammy nominations come out tomorrow on Friday, and there are some rumors that this might get a best album nom. They're going back to back noms with the Golden Globes. Yeah, it's well, pretty ballsy. By well, it. this was supposed to be earlier this week, but because of the passing of. Uh, President Bush, forty-one. Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah. So, all right, you're up next, Mark. Number nine. Number nine is um, much higher on Nick's list, I'm sure. Travis Scott, Astro World. It's lit. <laughs> if you have it much yeah. higher um, and don't want to talk about it as a number nine album, yeah. you can wait. I'll wait too. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, I gave Go my ahead. I gave my piece when we talked about it. Listen to the episode. Um, I think it's got a ton of awesome songs and it's great party music. It's just a little bloated for my taste, especially on the back half. Um, but those awesome songs do land it as a top ten album. What's your favorite song off the album? Um, so on my top fifty list, I put Sicko Mode just because I feel like it was like I had to. But I really like Can't Say. Yeah, yeah. I like that. And the uh, what's the one with uh, the, the Tame? Kevin Parker. Um, I don't know. It's a good music pod. I yeah. Played, uh, yeah. I played Sicko Mode for the other troll, one of my bandmates, who's really into prog rock, like Rush. I was like, you gotta listen to this song. It's like three <laughs> movements. And he, and, he, and he was like, whoa, this is so awesome. Which is uh-huh. true. It's, it's like such like a next level song. Like it's, It uh, really is. Skeletons. Well, okay. Skeletons. What was your favorite on the album? Uh, my favorite song is No Bystanders because when you're really fucked it's up so at 2 o'clock in the morning, it's just like, fuck the club up! Okay. It's amazing. I'm still trying to get Mark to do a duet of Sicko Mode at karaoke with me where yeah. I, I they, do all the Travis have, beats. They didn't have it at number 18. Yo, well they oh, didn't. wait. But you have to be Trav? Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, nah. I mean, somebody, I'm not really Drake. Somebody, it's going to be a no Somebody sings the beat switch. I I'd rather do the beat Let's move on in a second, but I would 100% take the fall. I'll be Sway Lee so I could just sit in the back and go, Someone's in. Fair, fair. We could all be be on it and then have a new, like, the verbal fillers. Yeah, Yeah, you're It's Lit and you're It's Lit. All right. Shout out to Astro World. Cool. Yeah, number nine, I've got Bottle It In by Kurt Vile. Yeah, I I like Kurt Vile. I, I never got into him that much but I listen to this album in its entirety and I I think it just flows really nicely it's just a great jam music he's got two songs on there that are about 10 minutes long and just like I just love that like uh, Bass Ackwards it just it's the chillest song I've heard this year so it's really good that's like the fourth time you've mentioned it so now I gotta listen to it yeah yeah you should have listened to it the first time file Really good at remembering music, <laughs> racks, but not following. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Quick segue. I mean, so Adam and I were talking about this on the way over. We got like a you know a beer maybe before this, but like I took some liberties yesterday at work and took about two hours off to just rank every album I've listened to this year, and I got to sixty, and then I read like. 
complex year-end list, like the NPR. Yeah. I think I read Rolling Stones, and I was like, fuck, like, I still missed, like, six albums that are consistently in, like, the top and, 15. And um, I didn't like, listen yeah. to Nitsky. Yeah, like, I, yeah, I didn't yeah, listen, I listen to a couple things, and I was like, oh, yeah. these are in everyone's best albums. Yeah. Like, how did these escape me? I listened to a lot like, of 500 the, hours of music. A lot I like, of the NPR top 10, shout out um, the mad comments on that. Um, <laughs> I didn't listen to just because a lot of it is like more singer songwriter stuff, I think, but not any other reason. Fair. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. I, I kind of liked looking cause I did the same thing. I looked at all these different lists and it's like, it's cool to see that you do the get difference of them because like you're, you've like, got, writing it. you've got like, your complex, <laughs> you've got complex. Who's like, obviously, uh, uh, Daytona Astro KOD trash by the way. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, and then you have NPR, which goes for that singer song. When I you like get some overlap, like though, you're like, "Fuck yeah!" Yeah, <laughs> that's when you know. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, you know. If you know, you know. All right, Jared, number nine. Let's um, keep it cool. Mm-hmm. Let's keep this Chicago bias going. I'm gonna say valets. Good Ooh. job, you found me. Um, perhaps we can get into this a little later, but I would say one of the only good good music releases of the year nice. after quite a treacherous summer for them. But I would say valet. You know, so much style to his rapping. I mean, I also say too, like "Womp Womp" is is one of the songs of the year. It's not even on this album. Yeah, the album is so good, very chill. I read an interview with him once where he said that, like, you know, due to everyone's attention spans now, you only have like a couple seconds to hook them. So why would he really want to be obnoxious and in your face like Takashi Six Nine or something? He's like, I'm gonna kind of like. Yeah. chill, silky, well, like, well, the nice like yeah, yeah. He was and like, I short, do verse, like, hook, verse. Yeah, like, and I just had a good, um, a good moment where my sister and I went to Barcelona, um, this humble year. Brag. Not humble brag, not to brag. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and so I'll, I had had to be alone all day, and so I went to this uh, Barcelona Zoo to the Lizard House and walked around listening to this album. It was, it was like the time of my year. I just checked out. Turtles and shit. <laughs> listening to Val. Listening. No, this is turtles? just the first time ever. So <laughs> listening to Barcelona him, Zoo and Valley. Yeah. Every listening year. to him. Like I bet if he knew that that's how I experienced his album, oh. he would have been like, well, Yo, you should he's an animal, animal lover. Oh man. Yeah. 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 Turtles and shit. Yeah. <laughs> he's an animal lover. Have you um, seen him live? Uh, I have not. He brought Yo. his dog out in a duffel bag. Oh yes. We saw him. Who did he open for? Young Thug. Yeah. He went for Young Thug. We saw him like two or yeah, last year at the Red Bull Music Fest, but he walked out with the duffel bag and his dog just pops out. And then he gave the dog to the crowd and the dog crowd surfed. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Animal. Yeah, he would love the turtles yeah. and lizards. He, and so Shout I out. highly recommend going back and finding his AMA on Reddit from probably earlier in the year. It was around uh, when Kajabi Find Found Me dropped. Because um, just a very funny in general AMA but one of the questions is like now like a hot topic is like oh a lot of people are kind of biting your flows like your yeah. very unique flows um, like are you worried about that and he's like no nah, I'll just do more he's <laughs> <laughs> hilarious shout out uh, Valet alright Taylor number 9 alright this is where Nick yells at me um, <laughs> my number 9 is Daytona by Pusha T okay um <laughs> I'm not going to yell at you because it's not that much farther down my list. Yeah. Okay. I might. That's fine. That's fair. No, I mean, yell at me if you need to. Um, I do think If You Know You Know is probably a top five song for me uh, of the year. I fucking love that song so much. Um, 
There's a disturbing trend in music where they keep bringing in Rag and Bone Man into albums or whatever the fuck his name is uh, that they sample on hard piano. Uh, and I fucking can't stand that guy. And for that reason alone, it pushed this down at least two slots for me. Um, <laughs> he you... just takes me out of music so much. I strongly dislike that guy. And I was listening, I wrote my list yesterday and then i went back today and listened to every album again oh, back to back to back to back thank you for doing your um, due diligence and this started at my number five and dropped down to really? nine because okay. of that gotcha. song so wow i like hard piano i like everything except for him that that's fine one dude and then the rest of the album is it's good but i don't know just it didn't do me do enough for me and the hard piano that sample they used is, does, out of it. does any of it have to do with the fact that we were supposed to see Pusha T at a private concert and you got too drunk the night before and couldn't come then Adam took your place why you gotta be like that why you gotta bring that up I mean <laughs> you know, ironically yeah <laughs> where no, you see no, where no. Daytona ends on mine might also have to do with yeah. that private no, concert that probably would but oh my, that show was amazing this is an intervention yeah, yeah. <laughs> no it is just kidding alright I put my beer away Shout out that it's definitely higher on my list and probably higher on everyone else's list, but like <laughs> at least it's in your top ten. The album yeah. does bang. Um, all right, my number nine is Coco Sugar by Young Fathers. Um, not enough people know about Young Fathers, and I think they're very good. They do an exceptional job of blending like R and B, soul, funk, hip hop. And sometimes gospel feeling music all into one sound. It's like one of the most unique sounds I've heard in music in a long time. And their debut album three or four years ago won like the Mercury Prize, which is like the British version of album of the year, basically for the Oscars. And they really bang. So I would highly recommend checking out Young Fathers. They rock. Yeah, I have no comment on Young Fathers. I'm one of the aforementioned non-listeners. Um, my number eight, Nick. Well, you don't, should listen to it. Don't get mad at me, Nick. My number eight is Daytona by Pusha T. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna be mad. Yeah, I just think it's like Push. one of the one of my favorite short and sweet albums. Um, but it's just like that shortness is it's just like push like distilled to his like purest form and you just get it for yeah it's like, like a 20 minute high of push a t that's why i think it is so yeah. good is because it's like 25 minutes of just like his best work there's no filler it's just like no. cool, I, these are if, seven really good if songs. somebody has it i mean i've yeah, guys obviously have it higher i'm not gonna like argue with any position in your top 10 like, yeah i think it's a very good album I had I had trouble ranking these so yeah yes. this was a, a tough yeah year. it was a really tough year. All right, Adam, you're up. All right, eight. number eight, yeah. Yeah, we're on eight. All right, number eight. Uh, might get a little bit of flack for this one, but I've got "Yay" by Kanye at number eight. Interesting. Yuck. Main reasoning here is I just think this is a really honest and personal album. I feel like "Yay" was really vulnerable on this, and to me. The backlash that he got on an album that he kind of put himself out there kind of solidified it as a better album to me as like he was willing to put himself out there and be honest with us about certain things like suicidal thoughts and, and it, like his family, his wife, his daughter, and then just accept all of the backlash that he got about people saying it wasn't that good of an album. And to me, that was like pretty cool to see in an era where I think people are pretty can be pretty fake online sometimes so 
Yeah, I, and I and I, admittedly, I'm kind of a big Kanye fan. So, but do you think I, for the um, it was almost like. I like the idea that they're putting out shorter albums. Yeah. But I think as Kanye fans, we're so used to like him putting out a completely realized, like unbelievable, expansive mm-hmm. album. So I, I almost think that like that kind of what people got hung up on that. They're like, this is so short. And I think like, people definitely got hung up on that. But I, I thought the production was like great too. I mean, I, I I was when I was thinking about it earlier, I was I was thinking, I I don't think it's ever gonna be considered like his best produced album or his best written album or any of that, but I think he keeps pushing himself to, to change his music and like we've I think every album, especially the last five, he's he's changed his sound pretty significantly from like graduation to eight oh eight to Dark Fantasy to Yeezus to Pablo to this. Now he's giving us a new sound and I think that there's a lot of artists that don't give you a new sound like that. And so to me I like it. Yeah. I was only disappointed because of the Wyoming sessions and then this is what we got. Like I was kind of hoping for like yeah. this like bonkers ass yeah. Yeah. left turn, you know, into Something like, like beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Yeah, or Yeezus. Or Yeezus. It was like, oh shit. Yeah, like, no, first I listened to Yeezus, I was like, oh that sucks. To your point. And then I was like, oh, that's the, actually yeah. kind of sick. Or I almost expected what Astro World kind of yeah. was from Ye where it's like it's almost like outdoorsy sky expansive, yeah. like Universe. trippy thing, yeah. but then you know, it's just yeah. a very yeah. compact little yeah. show. Yeah, I feel you on that. I think yeah. the honesty is what struck yeah. me the most. Totally but fair. Yeah, yeah well, just real quick, to your point of the sounds, I do, like, because that's what the one, like thing I love most about Kanye is, like, how he evolved his sounds. I think that Pablo and Ye have been sort of, like, attempts at remixing all of his past sounds into I completely one. agree. It just done from a couple different angles between the two and I I think Pablo worked much better. Mm-hmm. I do That's hope fair. he wins producer of the year though. Uh yeah. Because like well, for real, I mean, like don't, of the five don't they or have six... to they have to like base it on like one project yeah, or one piece. Oh, though, do, right? they? do they? Yeah. Oh, I think so. I didn't think so. Oh, that doesn't seem fair. That doesn't seem fair because like Metro yeah. Boomin could put out like five I, I think it's like so and so wins producer of the year for their work on mm. X. Yeah. yeah. Oh, see, I didn't think so. All right, that changes my point of view on the, that category. I like that take about the different yeah. songs. Yeah, because I had the same thought. So like, I was certain songs yeah, sound strong, like strong certain take. albums. I'm, yeah. Like, <laughs> I, th- I thought about killing you. Like, like to me, I feel like that's like kind of a Yeezus cut. Yeah. 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 I'm well, hoping Yandi or whatever. He ends up naming it like five name iterations from now is kind of that next like big stride, yeah. And mm-hmm. Just like in a Good whole new Josh. direction, yeah. Both of them. All right, number eight, Jared. Um, all right. Speaking of honesty, a little bit different. I'm gonna say the um, uh, the 30th anniv- 30th anniversary reissue of Appetite for Destruction by Guns and Roses. Oh. So this is not just your average reissue. Um, the reissue that on vinyl cost a thousand dollars, but you can listen Jesus. to it for free on uh, Spotify. Um. <laughs> Features uh, almost 40 different tracks that have never been heard before. A couple songs that were including Shadow of Your Love that were in the original recording session of Appetite for Destruction, which is like the best debut album ever. So it's like songs that almost made the cut for that classic album that people are hearing for the first time. And then a bunch of like really incredible live recordings from Sound City, which is a legendary studio in LA where it's just them essentially playing Appetite for Destruction live 
in Sound City, and there's like if you're a GNR fan, there's just like so many goodies on there. And I'll say like I'm self-admitted a huge Guns N' Roses <laughs> fan, and this was just like an incredible treat, and not like a uh, you know a lot of reissues, like especially now that a lot of the bands we grew up on or rappers they have 10th anniversary, you know, 15th anniversary, they're all kind of just like throwaway bonus stuff that are on there. Yeah. But here was actually something that's like almost two albums worth that like fans could really, really sink their teeth in. So, you know, if you guys are feeling, you know, like going back to the 80s on the Sunset Strip, <laughs> check out that reissue. Um, there's a lot to love about it and uh, kick ass. So that shout is out my out. Uh, shouts out. And uh, Axel's really woke on Twitter yeah. now, which is kind of awesome. Like, yeah. there's just like some tweets that are like, imagine telling someone in like 1987 that like, Sebastian Bach and Axl Rose are like dunking on MAGA people <laughs> with like nuanced, nice takes. It's like uh, 2018 is pretty weird. Yeah, so. Axl Rose, welcome yeah. to the resistance. Axl, <laughs> <laughs> go on Chapo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Taylor, you're up. Number uh, eight. My number eight is Janelle Monnier's uh, Dirty Computer. Nice. Um, I originally, this is another one I originally had much higher um, because the high points are extremely good. Uh, songs five through ten are fucking fantastic. Um, but the other songs around it, I just really did not like. Also, this is kind of confusing for me because it sounds a lot like late 80s, early 90s Michael Jackson to me. But I also don't like late 80s, <laughs> early 90s Michael Jackson. But this album is really fucking good. Um, it's all about like girl power and like fluid sexuality and shit. And like, part of me like, I don't know. I just as a man, like, damn, I wish I had that. <laughs> um, but no, like, it's really cool. And then as a weird side note, I bought the vinyl for my girlfriend for her birthday. Sick and Brad. Yeah, sick Brad. <laughs> but the Even vinyl has sick. He knows weird the vinyl is. <laughs> but the vinyl has. Uh, holographic or not holographic um i can't think of the term this is bad podcasting anyway um tessa thompson's on the vinyl cover as opposed to the actual album cover and they might be a thing but also i love tessa thompson so So, side note uh before i get into my number i want to say that like i love this album and i hope it's nominated for album of the year because i think the message it stands for is beautiful and like amazing I just like this is not on my favorites because I don't. It wasn't like made for me. Yeah, it just, you know, does, it's like, it just doesn't connect. Yeah, like I, I can appreciate how good it is, and for me, I was like, just. Like, I support the message. Yeah, like I just, yeah. I can't listen to it that much because it's just like not something I. Yeah. I, I shout out that, but like not. Yeah. But no, goddamn, it's good though. Yeah. And her like it supposedly influences from Prince. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the album. Oh, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's been like well, really vague about like did he help her write it or like help produce or anything before he passed, and mm-hmm. it's like. That's where I think the 80s and 90s vibes are. It's like, supposedly he was in studio with her, and then that obviously happened earlier this it's like year. like Big so Mouth, the Ghost of Prince. Ghost of Prince. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought on some of her old records, though, she kind of has more of like a band feel. Yeah. Where you, yeah. you hear like, like more like live instruments, yeah. and this is it's kind of the trade-off. You want that like silky Prince vibe. It's a little more, man, like, yeah. you know, more manufactured, which is not a bad thing, but it's definitely different, it's different. than like some of her first couple records. Yo, also really shout out her for just being like uber talented. Fuck And like, that. she's such a good actor. Yeah, she's like, so that's. Good. Not one man should have all that power, you know? Or woman. Woman, not one woman. Woman. Yeah. Well, what we were just talking about. <laughs> um, all right, 
right, my number eight is God's Favorite Customer by Father John Misty. Um, we already talked about it, so I'm not going to go too much. It's just a beautiful, soft rock album. And for me, this is just means something on this album, or this like top ten list, favorite ten list, because you, Taylor, have been trying to get me into Father John Misty for years, and I've always been like, he's just like an egotistical asshole, and I don't like his music. But something about this one, which might be his most egotistical and shittiest like personal wise like album that he ever put out I, I really like it it's really good okay. so I don't know what that says about me <laughs> no I was, I just want to do one counterpoint which I was going to bring up when mine's later down the road yeah, I won't say much for then but um, the song the songwriter I think yeah. is one of the most brilliant songs it's very good just thematically because he spent so fucking much time just talking about his wife going through all their issues, the good and the bad, making her a weird sex symbol and everything, and she's had to endure it. And then he finally flips the script and writes it, writes a song about, from her perspective, what would it be like if she was dressing him down and how would he feel? That's fucking brilliant. I it's you gotta give him props for that at least. No, I like, agree. And that's a lot of this album. I think was him. Yeah taking like the piss out of himself even more where you know whatever the song the single where he like checks into the hotel and he's talking oh, about here such a good song. it's kind of it's like so that. Good. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot of him reflecting on you know being self-aware that people might not like him <laughs> or like have kind of a caricature of him and i think that makes it really pop too dude that shit's like yeah it's very good it's like very emotional and very like i don't know it's dope i'm very in on it and no. i've never been in on father john misty so I would like to be a part of whatever tour or festival he's at doing this album because I'm in on it. Go ahead, Mark. Alright. Go ahead. Number seven. Go ahead. Uh <clears throat> number seven for me is kinda starts to tease at the the beginnings of the big important like thematic albums. Mm. Um Sure, sure. Quarter thing by Joey Perf. Oh, okay. It's like like a Chicago, very Chicago, what yeah, up? Chicago bias. It's also yeah still holding on to bias the Chicago bias. bias. It's just a really fun, engaging listen, like front to back, all the way through. Um, the production is like awesome on it and there's bangers and like um, fun, bouncy songs and like slower jams, but there's all like peppered throughout are like very um, like interesting lyrics that like touch on like personal aspects of his life that are very easy to just like pass by. Uh, they're it's like the optional lyrics. Yeah, we gotta yeah. coin that term. Yeah, yeah, trademark. <laughs> optional lyrics. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's kind of that's pretty accurate though for that album. Yeah. Does any of this have to do with the fact that he liked your tweet when you tweeted at him <laughs> for God Body Part Two? I love Joey <laughs> Purple for that. So. Okay. All right. What's your favorite? Uh, I guess part of the album, either the See, like, production features. The like switches because he does have that. There's so many. He has a couple of songs. On it too. Yeah. So this is his most experimental. And shout out, we've talked about this album before. So go check out that episode. Yeah. But he does have like the experimental feel, right? Where like he he definitely transcended into like um, not superstardom, but like on a come up from eye drops. Yeah. And so this album was like, oh, I'm gonna like do some random ass shit on this one and see like what sticks. It's like, what did you like the most? Because I think there's like a lot of stuff happening. So this, jumping which off... Which is why it's not in my top ten. Jumping off your kind of like... That whole like spiel is I'm going to... Ch- 
jump away from it all Ooh, is to jump, say jump and skip. Ha- hallelujah is uh, like almost a throwback yeah. to like that chance kind yeah, yeah. of like mm-hmm. OG sound. Yes. I love that it's song. Save think, money. I think it's so fun. It's like like super it's got that like yeah, that like save money like flow throughout and yeah. there's just like a bunch of fun lines in it. I'm in on that. Yeah. It's a good album. That was one of my I would say honorable mention is probably my top fifth if we did do a fifteen or twenty mm-hmm. would fall somewhere in that high teens range. Good album. Alright, so number seven, Adam. At number seven, I've got Invasion of Privacy by Cardi B. Oh, hell yeah. I just thought, like, Cardi is so creative and yet unapologetic on this album, and it's a perfect debut for... It fits her personality really well, and I think it just slaps, man. Yeah. It's like, every song on that album is good. Yeah. Like, for her to come out with that, yeah. I think she understands, too, that, like... Especially rap music now, it's like more fun when it's like very vehemently quotable. Yeah, you know, yeah. Just like, and she has you know, a lot of bars. It's like a tweetable, like yeah. Yes. like record where it's, there's nothing bad about that. And I think she kind of knows that. Yeah. It's the year of Cardi. Yeah, yeah no, Seriously. she she killed it this year. Well, she yeah. went Turn off that, but like, <laughs> Wait, there. Yeah, they broke, they broke up. up. Oh, Shout out, boy, hopefully, boy. baby. I'm sure baby culture will be taken care of. Yeah. But uh, dude, Cardi can do. So that Cardi is higher on my list, and I will save my takes yeah. for when I get for to sure. it. Invasion of privacy she is go like for Quavo. God damn it! <laughs> <I hope laughs> what if Cardi B breaks up with Migos? Yeah. Oh, can you imagine that? Can you, hear, first can you imagine the argument between them? They'd be like. <laughs> Dude, it's all a trigger for. Takeoffs in the background, just repeating words that they say in the argument. Fast, like, fast, go, go. <laughs> How could you do this to me? Yeah. <laughs> you cheated, cheated. <laughs> you stole my girl. Girl. Yeah, dude. Oh man. Okay, we, we're, we're, we're gonna write that fan fiction. Yeah. I'm so fucking in on that. All right, Jerry, you're up. Number seven. All right. Um. So my seventh pick, going to turn you guys on to a great band from Denver called Bud Bronson and the Good Timers. Uh, they're a rock band that my band, the Trolls, toured with this summer, um, but we've kind of ran into them back and forth over the, um, yeah, sick brag. I thought you were going to um, plug your own album. <laughs> I was like, hell oh, yeah. Jared's uh, commercial will come up shortly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, so Bud Bronson and the Good Timers are this, I would say, party rock band from Denver. They're kind of like a... Uh, sort of maximalist like Andrew WK like okay. lots of like Thin Lizzy like lead guitars songs about you know cores and partying and vaping and all of these like Hell wonderful yeah. like party subjects but um, on their most recent album Between the Outfield and Outer Space uh, they would they grow up a little bit you know where a lot of their past music was about like the party this one's a little bit about like the hang up the hangover and like growing up a little bit and sort of figuring out your place in the world of like can you party with all your friends forever or do you have to kind of like grow up a little bit which you know i'm definitely a phase of my life where that resonates but i'm sure it does for, for you guys too so it's like a really really fun rock album with like a lot of good meaning to it and you guys should Sick. check it out and right. they they are awesome live so hopefully they'll come back i'm gonna check it out for sure because i think i've drank like 20 of the last 30 days so I think yes, my just the, yeah, general but, life has been like, man, I gotta figure some shit out. Like, yes. I'm having a good ass time doing it. You're so. on the Bud. Br- you're on the Bud Bronson. Like, yeah, I'll check that yeah. out. Yeah, hell yeah. All right, Taylor. Uh, my what is this seven? This is yeah. number seven. Yeah. Yeah, mine is uh, Unknown Mortal Orchestra, Sex and Food. Uh, it's just a really fun album from Never the Together. Never those two things together. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> the George Costanza. Don't hate on me until you try. <laughs> the George Costanza. Right, no, you're good. Um, the single off it, Honeybee, is just an awesome, fun song. It's really groovy. You can just put it on all the time. You, I challenge you to not bop your head to it as you listen to it. But then the rest of the album, from beginning to end, it doesn't really have that many singles off it, but it's just nice. It's easy listening. It's fun. It's kind of psychedelic rock and disco hybrid-ish. Um, Unknown Mortal Orchestra has always been kind of paired with Tame Impala just being not as epic, just more of a chill, mellower version, which I kind of get. And this is a little more disco slash psychedelic, but it's just from beginning to end, a nice, easy listen. It's fun. Shout out that. Uh, my number seven, Mark, Adam, probably going to hate me for this. It's Daytona by Pusha T. <laughs> so we've gone, you have a number nine, Taylor. You have a number eight, Mark. I've got it at number seven. So who's got it at number six? Anybody? No. All right, so mine's at number seven. We've talked a lot about it, so I'll just make my point brief. I think that Pusha, to Mark's point earlier about like being really concise and honing in on his skills and just putting out seven really good songs is like super accurate because no one can talk about one thing as good as Pusha T, and that is dealing coke. Yes. <laughs> but my God, every time he puts out a record or a song, it's like, wow, it's a new way to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, man, that's fucking that. that every thing, every, that every time I hear the the um, wrist for wrist like glow off, like the yeah, let's have a glow off. Yeah. yeah, like every time I just go, wow, that's so cool. And then the line, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. After, if we go by connections made, I could still climb ladders when complexions made. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Push put out one of the best records of the year, and I, I would say from the top ten is really hard for me to do, and I feel a disservice to push up by putting him at seven. But yeah, it is. Uh, that's just where he's at for me. It's um, tough. I also want to say like this album definitely has a like greater resonance because it started the Drake beef, and yeah. that fucking yes. rocked. All oh, summer yeah. long, and like there's something to be said about like infrared when he just went it was in. a surgical summer. It was a surgical yeah. summer, and he went on Drake. Drake came back, and he went fucking ham on Drake with uh, the story of Adonon. So like, shout out Push. I got him at seven, but like I hope he's up for a Grammy nom for rap album of the year. Yeah, that'd be cool. I yeah. hope he is because it is very good. All right, Mark, number six. Number six, I've got Denzel Curry, Taboo. Ooh. Uh, this is. Like, it talks about a lot of very heavy topics that I don't want to talk about right now. Um, But the album just itself bangs. I do think the concept of the light, great, dark falls a little flat based on just track sequencing, which we talked about on a previous episode. Check that out. That was probably Um, the most difficult episode for me to talk about this year was because it was, like, so heavy. Yeah. uh, It's very heavy. He, like, for... Like, as young as he is, um, he handles, like, these topics, like, very well. Um, you can tell he's, like, thought about it a lot. They've affected him personally a lot. And he, uh, just, like, tackles them very well on the album while still making very listenable and oftentimes partyable songs. Yeah, okay, so... Which I, is, that's so that like, that's a big 2018, well, at least my list, that's a big vibe, is just the partying to just, like, serious. songs that, like, are bangers, but also, like, it's if you serious. stop and think, you're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so, uh, before we move on to Adam, I do want to talk about this real quick. Um, 
I've been in my real sad boy shit like all year, and this album for sure has been like one of those things I've gone back to a shit ton. And this has been in my like, this is in my nominations for like things that just missed my cut that I wish I could have uh, put in my top ten. That like, goddamn, cover that, art was too scary. That for album you. is so fucking good, and there's so many good songs on there. Uh, Cloud Cobain, Cloud Cobain is such a good song. Uh, Black Balloons is an amazing song. Yeah, dude, even like it's not like really a heavy song, but Switch It Up yeah. is so fun. It's just because so there's like, he's got like five different flows on it, and he does like a weird. 2018 like, was also definitely about the like, I'm going to switch my flow halfway through yeah. the song and change the beat on you. Yeah, definitely. That was definitely was. a big mood. Uh, and before we move on, I also want to say like, to your point, like the first song on this album talks about like uh, his like best friend girl getting like molested, yeah. and then just like bonding over like being fucked up as kids and like not having like normal childhoods and you're just like oh why does this sound so good though like, yeah. <laughs> me and me like I, I want to be super upset and I'm just like I, I want it just, but I, I just remember, like, yeah. it I remember like good. listening the first time like hearing that being like when does sumo come on <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I heard I got drunk to that song yeah. yeah so shout out that album I totally agree with you Mark and he's not gonna get any love at any record or like nominations or anything for because it's just he's not big enough. But like, yeah. that album bang. All right, cool. Number six, Adam. Uh, number six, I've got "Swimming" by Mac Miller. It's good. Um, yeah, to to me, and especially listening to listening to this after Mac's passing, it's it's super thoughtful. It's deep. It's uh, I think his best work yet, and I I love you know seeing the progression of his career coming from kids to this and 2009 is a, is a song of the year for me that thing is amazing it's yeah I, there's nothing i can say but this is a beautiful album it's yeah. beautiful and it's it is on my list higher up when we get to that level but like this is one of those things that like at when you when i listened to it the first time i was like damn this is a really good album and then since his passing you're just like Fuck, like there's some lyrics in here that like you just they stick way more. It's it, yeah. it's depressing. You know, it's like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the first song when he just talks about like I'm you know like I am self aware like I understand yeah. what's he going on. He had like achieved enlightenment. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, and like, self care yeah. too. He's talking yeah, he's about like, self care. It's like, it's like yeah, no, I get yeah. it. Like I've been kind of fucked up and like this whole thing with Ariana is got me fucked up. But like I'm gonna keep working. Like Shame. stick with me, fam. Yeah. And it's like. Yeah. Fuck! Like, mm. we missed out yeah. on some shit. Yeah, this was one of my honorable mentions. Um, when we originally discussed it, I, like, it's like, yeah, it's a good album. Like, I don't know how many times I'm going to go back to it. Um, just because it is, like, pretty lengthy and it does have that, like, Scary. like downer yeah. vibe the whole time, mm -hmm. which makes it a, a tough re-listen. Um, I did go it, back after he passed and re-listened to it and it was, like, immensely sad. Yeah, um, it's tougher for, to listen to now than it was when it came like, out. Well, oh. I, I was like, I want to like, obviously, like listen to some Mac, and that was the one that I had downloaded on my phone, like knowing it's like, like literally any other Mac album is a better choice than this, oh, and yeah. then I was just like, no, just like wildly sad after, and I haven't listened to it again, and I didn't want to like do him or like just be like, oh, I'm just gonna put it on like my list just sure. because. But it is, like, a good album. Dude, to that point, there's a part on the album where he basically says, like, yeah, I know I fucked up, but I still got time. And, like, every time that lyric comes on, I'm like, That's, yeah. God damn it. Like, mm -hmm. it just gets me. So, I feel you on that. It's just, it's it's sad. Yeah. 
my two cents with Mac is he is always or was always my player or my favorite rapper who I did not like his album for three years and I revisited it three years later. But god damn it, that's a really fucking mm-hmm. good album. Every single album. So watching yeah. in three years I will be yep. talking nonstop yeah. about this album. Yeah. I never this, I was never like a huge fan of him, but then I, after like he passed away, like I revisited like the past like length of it and like the one where it's like a lot of like Anderson Pock collaborations, yeah. like the Divine yeah. Feminine or something. Yeah. It's like an incredible album and like I kind of always thought he was like a dude with a snap back hat who bumps into you at La Pool. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, right. fuck you. Well, like, he was. And I, I, but then he, know, to- like, yeah. to- but he totally, so I, I like labeled him that. And then I slept on the fact that he like grew so much in his career yeah. like, as an artist. His, his growth is incredible. Yeah, which is so yeah. cool. Yeah. Like, it's really cool like, to see it. Like a five year period where he like grew as an artist, like as much as like most artists grow their yeah. like entire yeah. career. Yeah. yeah. It's like wild. I mean, like, granted, he was growing so, from... I mean, just listening to... Not that, yeah. like, I would, started low. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I would direct you from listening to another music podcast, but the <laughs> Micah Peters episode of On Shuffle, which is a Ringer music podcast, about Mac Miller, where he brings on Rembert Brown, because Rembert is a really good friend also, of Mac. So, always read Micah and always, always read, read Rembert. Always read Rembert. They're both really dope. But they talk about Mac, and that episode is like one of the things this year that will always stick with me, and it makes my year. So shout out that episode. Would highly recommend listening to it if you like Mac. All right, Jarrett, number six. Um, all right, so number six for me, um, Stephen Malcolmus and the Jicks, Sparkle Hard. So y'all might know Stephen Malcolmus obviously was the front man of Pavement, um, but he's been playing with his other band, the Jicks, um, probably for over the past decade. And so this is kind of an interesting to like of the flow of things we've been talking about of like turn up artists getting sincere and having more depth to them um that uh Stephen Malcolmus you know is kind of like a slacker rock almost the original um uh just like goofy lyrics and kind of like very chill giant guy with airwalks and corduroy pants who has like throw, very like very like throwaway lyrics and shit but I feel on Sparkle Hard like I was kind of was never a huge fan of him but he talks about some real shit from like police brutality to you know men in powerful positions kind of abusing their power and also the songs totally bang to some great musicianship shit, he's man. like a very for like yes, being yeah. a being kind of a slacker like he's got some he's like an incredible lead guitar player so it's like a very like sizzling low-key retro rock mm-hmm. album of you being a Kurt Vile fan like I think you'd like it a lot yeah I'm gonna check it out and um it just like was actually pleasantly surprising for me i was like you know always kind of a little cynic of his but i was like this album is very good so yeah sparkle hard number six shout out that sweet uh my number six probably recency bias but is oxnard by anderson pock yes lord um to me this album is just quick uh metaphor uh the LA Clippers of this year where nothing <laughs> is that great but from beginning to end it's solid it's just deep it's every single song I can listen to and Again. enjoy nothing is like oh my god that's the fucking shit it's just yeah that's solid that's really good which um, track is it's the, a Blake Griffin dunk yeah. first the magic and like which the track is the Lou Williams the Lou Williams <laughs> is probably tense. All right, Tobias Harris. Which is the Tobias Harris? The Tobias Harris, I would say. Uh, who are you? The Bobon oh. is Six Summers, where it's fun, but it's needlessly fun. 
Okay. And um, I wasn't a huge fan of that one. No. The just the last one, the Pat Beverly is the chase. It's <laughs> something that seems way <laughs> too old. It feels like Curtis Martin's um, Superfly. <laughs> who is um, who is the Hedla? Fuck, I don't even know. <laughs> That's okay. Um, this is going too far. Hello <laughs> anyway, is Montrez Harrell, where I want to like it more, but that is a tough sound at the end. I do not like the sound of a person getting head and that then getting skit to a is, car crash. That really skit, is, that skit yes. is so funny, but like after the first time hearing it, you're like, just I like, wish it was like its own track. I just, listening to that going to work just does not... It's not nice. Oh, yeah, I don't want yeah to is that it. is that better or worse than like sirens in music when you're driving? Slightly better, but the worst one of all time was uh, the first time I listened to "Damn," uh, the opening track where yeah. they shoot him. Uh, I wasn't expecting that. No, I turned me the volume all the way up, and I legitimately jumped on the train. And was <laughs> like an idiot. No, I, um, I I did the same thing. Yeah, I jumped. I was walking down <laughs> Chicago Ave. Yeah. yeah. All right. Do you? Or I don't want to like bury potentially what you have. Do you have Oxnard on your list? Coming no. Up? Okay. I was sorry, Anderson. Disappointed in this album. I was mildly disappointed. I just, can I counter? Of course you can. It's your number six. You shouldn't album. be disappointed. Like counter, dude. I just like personally like, and this is definitely me. Like Malibu was so good. That's the problem. And this album was just like not what I wanted or expected. I guess, and it like. Fine, like I, slap me on the yeah. wrist for just like being. It's a good album, but he's really talented, and I wish he did more. It's a good album. I just don't think it um, is. So Malibu like was incredible to me because he did so much on it. It still sounded so cohesive. I think Dr. Dre kind of pushed him into like a particular direction mm-hmm. on this. For sure. Um, and still. I will say still did a good job highlighting his various skills. Um, there's a lot of cool like drum parts and singing parts and rapping parts, but it's still like one specific sound mostly. Yeah. And I like Malibu also like there's no way to recapture just like the first time hearing Malibu. Like there he's at a disadvantage there. Yeah. Yeah. So what I want to say to counter everything yeah, you guys ahead. have said is. Malibu was too fucking good. I can guarantee you guys a year from now, you go back and listen to Oxnard, you're like, damn, that's actually a really nice album. But our expectations I, were too high yeah. going into this. Like, I'm, I just said it was a very good album. That's fair. I don't necessarily disagree. I just like, I don't know. There's just something about it that just like doesn't stick with me. Right? I think there are a lot of highs. Um, I'll say, I, I, why, I honestly, why wasn't bubbling on okay, it? Okay, so I actually I agree with that. So this is yeah. what I want to say. I think what is mostly concerning to me, and this might just be like the advertising marketing junkie in me, is like they totally fucked up the release of this album. Mm-hmm. It's like bubbling is his best song he put out this year, not on the album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there are at least three songs on here that are so summery, and they released it in yeah. fucking November. It's like you released the album three months yeah. ago in like August or July and like people would have been bumping this shit for like a minute while they were driving like it would have been a nice end of summer vibe in like a lull of like back out of summer <laughs> yeah but like, I have a question actually off of that sucks it just it, I didn't like it so it doesn't suck it just yeah. like really angered me question on the summer thing though Vince's album is very summer centric and it and we 
all really liked it on that on that one. So I think the reason I like that album more than Oxnard is because of the thematic continuity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it just it, I could you could feel the, like I know what like Hot ninety seven or like right one, and one thing too them sounds like from like five yeah. o'clock to five thirty. Because they're just bumping through shit. Yeah. Like, I know what that sounds like. This is, like, a little different. And I also, think the brevity be- of the album also just makes it easier yeah. to digest. Because yeah. Oxnard is obviously way longer. Yeah. I think yeah. one one differential there is uh, FM was released sort of as, like, in a setting, kind of, which is, like, um, Long Beach, where it is in California, and it is basically always summer there which is kind of a point on the album mm-hmm. yeah. to that like same point Oxnard is also in California but Nick I think was talking about just like a general public like yeah. we're yeah. like we yeah. and like the east coast are getting it when like it's gonna snow the next sure. week and it's like and did it get delayed because Dr. Dre wanted to like help finish work yeah I'm sure think, I'm sure it got delayed which is the hard thing because if you know yeah. if, like you mentioned where it's like from the it's hard not to look at it from like the advertising marketing perspective. It's got like Dr. Dre's touch. So yeah. you want to be like, okay, we can wait on that. But then as like music fans, it's like, just give it yeah. to us over the summer. It's like you the know, seasonality why, why does matter. It, it, you know, it does yeah. matter. It's, yeah, it I think they're all, it for sure matters. Back to the Dr. Dre point. I don't want to make Dr. Dre mad because I'm sure he's a regular listener. <laughs> Yo, Dre, what I up? Think there was Shout out Dre. a general lack of the free nationals. And, and that's what makes I it think very they good. matter to Pac mm. a lot. Yes, yes, for sure. Agreed. Yeah. No, no love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, agreed. All right, uh, my number six for getting the top half of all of our uh, albums of the year is uh, "Everything Is Love" by the Carters. Um, I would like to just like say what you want about Lemonade four four four, and then the yeah, release of this, albums. but like. There's definitely a conspiracy theory, or like it might actually be real, that like Lemonade was released to like pin Jay Z in a certain frame. Four 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 was released to be a counter, and then Everything Is Love is re- is released a year later to bridge it all back together and just like announce these two superstars are like back. But like it still is like it's just so good. It like kept that like weird energy, I guess that like. They're, you know they're married and powerful, yeah. but like Bay came after Jay, Jay rebuttaled, and then it was like this long wait of like what the fuck, like I don't know. Everything is looks really good. It's again brevity. One of the albums this year there's only seven or eight songs. It was a summer smash. Um, Ape shit is amazing. That video is great uh, too. Beyonce has bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, Quavo bars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Quavo bars. Yo, the fact that they fucking rented out the Louvre in Paris. Yeah. And then and they fucking stuff. got Quavo, who probably commands like at least like two hundred grand a feature to only sing background <laughs> yeah. vocals. Guy doesn't even have a fucking bar. He just is like, yeah, yeah, fast, fast, go, go. Like that's all he does for two and a half minutes. Yeah. It's fucking incredible. Um, that the video. Song, yeah, sorry, no, yeah, no, 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 no. That's all I, I just, have to say. Like, I was gonna I say that it. that video was me in the reptile house. <laughs> <laughs> just imagine that reinterpretation. Oh my god. <laughs> I, 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 like, I can visualize it now. Yeah. <laughs> I am surprised that like ape shit doesn't get played at more bars though. Yo, that's all. Now that we're talking good. about it, like it is very good. I, I, I listened to it the like a it's few very times good. this past week 
for like because I just saw my top fifty list. I was like, this song's really good. It's so and like, good. I was trying to remember the last time I heard it out or at a pregame, and it's like when the album came out. Yeah, and I think it's getting slept on a little bit. So I'm ex- I'm interested to see what happens tomorrow with the Grammy noms. If this gets a nod for uh, rap album year, even album of the year, like I do think it is that good. But we'll see what happens. Put ape shit on all your pregame. Yeah, it's just fucking bangs. You gotta have title though. No, or, Spotify, or Apple, on Spotify, Spotify, which is, is it really super weird. The card yeah. is on Spotify. Yeah. Oh. Bay oh, yeah, and Jay Z separately. Okay, are we not. are halfway through. Yeah. Jared, would you like to do your promo here? <laughs> um. So, anyone listening at home, um, if you're not doing anything on December 22nd, come join Chicago's 134th best garage rock duo, the Trolls, for a holiday spectacular at the Empty Bottle. Um, we're working to have some kind of uh, canned food donation for discounted tickets. Um, we're playing with another really good band called Acceptor, who kind of sounds like Pinkerton era Weezer. It's going to be a fun night. Hopefully the bra- brain baby won't show up, but uh, we'll have to find out, see and find out. So uh, thank you for the plug. That was our first ever sponsor. <laughs> we are sitting here with the brain that, baby that cost of me, the brain That baby. cost me six <laughs> figures. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The media, media buying. <laughs> the media buying arm. Now that Nick and I can retire, episodes um, <laughs> are going to come much more frequently. <laughs> All right, uh, let's get in the top half here. Um, five more albums to go for each of us. Mark, go ahead. Number five. I hope I pronounce this with my pronounce this correctly with my dumb Midwest accent, but um, Parquet Courts, their album "Wide Awake!" Exclamation point. Um, fantastic. <laughs> Uh, this is sort of a, cause I listened to it when it first came out back towards the beginning of the year. Um, uh, I was distracted at the time. I was like, yeah, that was fine. And then they kept popping up on like the daily mixes and stuff on Spotify. And I was like, I'm going to go back and listen to this album. And it charged up to number five in like the last month. Um, it's awesome. It's, uh, for an album with tracks called violence and when the water gets to hide back to back it's not nearly as dark as that sounds um <laughs> i could know <laughs> it's like a cool like punk album that kind of borrows from a bunch of different genres and has like fun rhythm sections here and there it's got organ solos and just like a bunch of like sing-along choruses um with like engaging lyrics throughout it's awesome big right. fan i do not listen to enough parquet chords so. yeah I gotta check that out. Hell yeah. Well, it'll be later in mine, so. We'll yeah. Talk about oh, let's later. go! <laughs> if, uh, if the name of the album didn't tip you off, just walk. <laughs> I'm wide awake! <laughs> I can just throw my two cents in. Yeah. I love Parquet Chords. I've really struggled with this album. Oh. It made my honorable mentions, but still, it was. I don't know. I miss the old Parquet. Um, I miss the old Parquet. Yeah. The old Parquet. <laughs> Dude, as Mark was talking, I was trying to come up with yeah. versions of that. But like the, keys, um, the, old, the, old, the keys on tenderness are like one of my favorite like musical yeah. points that's, of the year. That's a good point because the old parquet courts, it's I mean, kind of very different. Like I would say they're almost yeah. like a punk kraut rock yeah. band yeah. where old music's very hypnotic, like like kind of goes on for very long. And so this was an example of them kind of cutting that to have a little more like lyricism from Andrew Savage and you know, I would say diehard fans probably miss yeah. a little bit of that hypnotic and like shit to it. I don't want to hold that against them because I'm all for bands trying different things, but just this one specifically, 
it hasn't clicked yet. I'm sure eventually it will, but there has to be that moment where like, oh my fucking god, this is brilliant, and I've listened to it enough times, and that hasn't happened yet. You almost supported the official Nicholas fan. It's I support artists trying different things because I still have their other works. <laughs> we have to no, say that's that. very true. Yeah. We have to say that, I'm, say yeah, that chant that before we. <laughs> Trench by 21 Pilots. Okay. Um, yeah, I, pretty big 21 Pilots fan. My brother got me into them. I think they're like very good musicians in terms of their writing and production. Uh, to Nick's point earlier about like production changes in in songs within the same song, they do a lot of that and they go back and forth from it. Uh, they're always really emotional in in their writing. They've got a couple joints on here that are actually kind of depressing they got legend which is about um the the songwriter's grandfather uh passing away this year and then neon gravestones is about suicides um and how they've become more prevalent among some famous people so i think it's a great album and uh yeah it's one of those that i i could put on at any time and, and enjoy this is one of those albums that i just like escape you know that i ever listen to yeah i'm not a huge fan of them do you think they're a rock band um, I'd say alt rock. I don't. I don't know. I, I think they Bingo. kind of. Uh, Let's come back to it. Yeah. Think of it. I would. I, I would say Kurt, alternative rock. I would, I, I would put them, like, would put them the, like alternative rock, but I, I feel like they don't really fit in a specific mm-hmm. genre. Some Which of they because the they rap on. And that's probably why is they rock don't. Dead? Mm-hmm. Or is the no the it's definition dead, of alt rock different? Because you know it's always like mainstream rock, something alternative to it, and now. Is the alternative to mainstream rock something that's a little more like rap? Because like they do like have electronic. They do yeah, rap on some of these tracks, oh, and then they sure. do have slower ones. So I, I don't know. I can't really put it in a specific genre. Honestly, I would say they're this generation's. I was pointing at your phone because I know oh. you're next, to oh. and it disgusts me. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, I, I, so I need another fucking beer. Oh no! I can oh, see no. that too. But my hot take is oh, yeah. 21 Pilots is, I guess not even this generation's, the previous, or whatever the younger kids is. It's their Blink-182 um, or some 41. Those bands never really fit in anything specifically, mm-hmm. and 21 Pilots seems like that. Um, admittedly, I like some of their songs. I hate a lot of their songs. It's just me personally, but I was never big into Blink one eighty two or sure. anything like that. So, um, yeah, that's why I had to say it. Cool. Um, so I would say for my number five, uh, bring back something we talked about earlier: the wonderful Chicago duo Grape Tooth. Hell yeah! Oh hell uh, yeah! So a couple, you know, alternate Grape Tooth, I guess, sort of anecdotes. Um, so I was at the first Grape Tooth live show ever when they opened for Knox Fortune at Lincoln Hall. And so I've obviously been a huge Twin Peaks fan for years. Sounds like I kicked off stage for inviting everyone Um, Well, that's probably for the last song. But So I've seen Twin Peaks, I would say, like 19 times at this point. They're one of my favorite bands. And so Clay, one of their singers, is the frontman of Grape Tooth. I always liked them. And so I went into the Lox Fortune show with, you know, he's kind of a prankster, trickster figure. I thought, I was like, what is this project going to sound like? So after their single Trouble that everyone had heard before, all the rest of the songs in like the first live show were really good. They're like these dark wave new order songs. And I was like, holy shit. Like 
they actually might be onto something. And then <laughs> when they finally put out the album, you know, it's full of not only really fun songs, but they're like fully conceived, cool songs that are very different than some of their other musical projects. I mean, it's also cool to see like some young bands have like, they have kind of like some 90s Brit pop, Happy Mondays, yeah. Stone Roses feel to them, <laughs> and kind of that vibe, which, you know, not a lot of people draw from, except a band I'll talk about a little later. Um, and so, uh, fun, one of my favorite shows of the year was, I was at the um, album release show for Grape Tooth that was at Talia Hall. It was in the round, and the place was shaking. It was unbelievable. It was sold out, and there's a wonderful moment where the lights went down and clay disappeared. And then all of a sudden, these spotlights appeared on the... So it was in the round. It was in the center of the, the, the floor. Lights go out. Spotlight. Clay's dancing on stage. Playing this, like, elevated drum that was floating from the ceiling. It was, like, a very almost, like, talking heads moment. It was, like, a very kick-ass, wonderful show. So if you haven't listened to, like, probably, like we talked about earlier, one of the more fun albums of the year, check out the Grape Tooth album. Um, yeah. Yeah. Fuck Yeah. No, they're great. I love oh, them. Uh, quick aside, um, Twin Peaks gave me a tennis ball once. <laughs> I never knew what to do with it. They're just like, here, take a tennis ball. I was I like, what do I do with this? And like, I don't know. Give it to a dog or something. <laughs> that is literally how that interaction went. And then I walked away. <laughs> Where they play, I see on Instagram, they play tennis a lot. Was it Dude, from that? No, they. Oh, was, they just had. <laughs> it was at Pitchfork a few years ago. They were early in the day. They're doing like they're signing uh, handkerchiefs, and I was like, "All right, fuck it, I'll go get one." And then they just like, "Hey, take a tennis ball." I was like, "What do I do with this?" Like, I don't know. We found it. Give it to dog. Yeah. They were pouring their own beer to Pitchforks. Yeah, yeah. It's people's chance right there. Certainly, uh, the Grape Tooth Pitchfork review is like the first Pitchfork review in a long time to like bother me, mm-hmm. and it. It got to me. <laughs> That's why it's in your top ten. Let the people know Grave Tooth yeah. is good. Pitchfork yeah. had a bad review. But also but sponsor still, us. Sign the yeah. sign yeah. sign the earbuds. Also, yeah, give, yeah. give us free sponsor tickets us. to the festival. Yeah. Oh, that'd be nice. Alright, Taylor, number five. My number five, people are gonna be mad at me again. <laughs> uh testing by ASAP. Um ASAP Rocky. I understand this isn't what people expected. Um, I understand that's probably not the best album, but I am a diehard ASAP Rocky fan. I never realized it until this year. I really fucking love all of his music. I went back after this album, listened to everything else. Like, holy fucking shit, this guy is incredible. And then this album, there's two songs I strongly dislike. And then everything else, I either like or love i really like asap forever featuring moby and ti and kid cuddy feeling like a moby um kid cuddy's verse is honestly better than asap's but it's on asap's album so i give them credit um uh, yeah i don't know what else to say i just like i'm them. shocked by praise this. the lord is sick Praise the Lord is Dude, Praise the Lord's see- great. Bugshot, Bugshots is fun. Um, like what I said, ASAP Forever. Songs? Fuck what, Sleep for whatever wait, reason. Or, what two songs did you not like? Yeah, I want to know what songs you didn't quicker. like. Uh, I really did not like... <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Um, I really didn't like uh, Call Drops with Kodak Black. Okay. That song is That's not a good. correct answer. That is not a good song. <laughs> 
And then I hate to say it, but purity ring still is just eh. And I love Braden Koshin so much. Mm-hmm. I had high expectations when I saw he was on that. But I'm shook that's in your top five. I really I like the one with Twigs. I don't I know. Fuck like sleep. Fuck sleep. Fuck sleep. For whatever reason, my shuffle loves that song. I have what 300 or whatever songs saved to my phone humble brag humble brag not even no that's got data big storage daddy daddy (laughs) but that song comes on at least five times a week storage energy he's got that soldier game like just (laughs) apple music comes back once again listen back to previous episodes um i i I understand why people it's just like so messy i don't want to shit on your top do you like it yeah let's move on but it's fantastic it's Literally right. him testing things. So he's trying different things. And so my beef with that is I don't think he needs to test stuff. He's yeah. good it enough. It is lazy. It's, but... He's good enough to just like not test. Like mm-hmm. Joey Perp is like young enough to be like, I produced one very good album. I want to see what else sticks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like ASAP's like, I know what fucking works. Let's just like stick with like looking good and wearing mm-hmm. nice clothes yeah. and like giving. Looking never super cheeky. Yeah. 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 But anyway, I, I actually, I do, I don't hate testing as much as I did at the beginning of the year. And there are some songs in there that do bang that are in my top 50 songs of the year. Also, if Sundress was on there, it would have been higher on my list. Because that song is fucking awesome. Um, So my number five is Post by Jeff Rosenstock. Um, It's the anti-Trump album that we all needed to start the fucking year. It came out on January 1st, 2018. I feel like a lot of people slept on it because it came out super early in the year. But it's an incredible punk album that just is like compact. It's perfect. It is political, but not like overt. It's like it's it's subtle enough that doesn't make you feel like you're listening to an anti-Trump album for forty minutes. It's like you you can feel woke without having to feel like you gotta turn your headphones off and go to the Trump Tower and like flick it off. You know what I mean? Like it's a it's a nice album. And um, would you do that? I've done that before for sure, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's Fuck like if Trump. you knew if you knew Jeff Rosenstock. Like kind of feel empowered to talk about politics for the first time. You could like meet him at a bar like while Thursday night football's games on, and you could like actually talk to him. Yeah. And like that's what it kind of feels like, where it's yeah. like yes. you don't have to be very it's advanced. It's fucking incredible. And just like shout out if Jeff Rosenstock is ever on tour in your city, wherever you are, go see him live. It's like one of the most amazing experiences ever. We saw him at Pitchfork like two years ago. And Oktoberfest. And Oktoberfest, and he bashed a Trump pinata into the crowd with his guitar and it fucking rocked my fucking face off at like 1.30 in the afternoon. So shout out to Salmon. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Uh, Big Boy Mark probably has it higher. That The album is higher on my list. I just want to say uh, real quick, uh, you mentioned the January release date. Um, it's like definitely a direct response to Trump being elected. And I listened to it a bunch the first few months of the year. I was interested kind of a month or two ago to be like, oh, I wonder how it holds up, like given that it's that response. But there really are only one or two direct yeah. uh, references. There's like a Access Hollywood tape reference that feels particularly dated now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but other than that, uh, just it's um, just like the core of the album is just like massive cynicism basically yeah i shouldn't say it's anti-trump it's just mostly just like if you if you like if you feel like no not even woke 
woke, I don't think wokeness is the right word. It's I'm, like if you feel like disenfranchised yeah, yeah, and just right. like cynical about yeah, what's yeah. happening, the right like word. it like still like connects very well. Yeah, cynical is the right um, word. And yeah, it holds up like very well even in like the slog of mm-hmm. 2018. I fucking love this album. It's very good. Yeah. Um, all right, number four, so number four is an album that was mentioned earlier, Cardi B, Invasion of Privacy. Um, Let's go, Cardi I'm just B. Like, real quick. Yeah, give your thoughts. Just like what a what a debut album. To, yeah. She burst on the scene with like Bodak Yellow, mm-hmm. and like delivered an album that was as charismatic and like technically skilled as that song was, but for an entire album, it's a blast. Like, yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. Agreed. I have nothing else to say. Yeah. It's yeah. on my list and we haven't talked about it yet. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or we've talked about it, but it, I have not been able to say. Shout out Cardi B. Number four might be a little bit out of left field. I've got Golden Hour by Casey Musgraves. Ooh. Let's go. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, Number I mean, four? Yeah. You let's do it today for the first time. No, I heard it. Alright, <laughs> 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 right, what do um, you think? I no, I think it's I think it's just really good music i think she's a great songwriter I, i've liked some of her other stuff i've never listened to her a ton but i thought this one was just good it has a lot of different sounds on it it's got a couple songs that sound really poppy and a couple songs that are slower and more introspective and emotional and then some that are really happy and and hopeful and i think it's just like pretty innocent um and actually like i know we talked a little bit about pitchfork i liked their review and like you know how they do the the one sentence review at the beginning theirs was really great and it just said uh the thing i liked was uh it's it's she sings simply about the world as if she's the first person to notice and you're the first one she's telling and when you listen to it with that in mind i think it makes it even better album yeah I think it's like structured perfectly too of all the songs on it. They couldn't. Yeah. Have, she could have rearranged, like arranged it. Better. I completely agree. Yeah. And there's like some funny, almost like funny songs, like Velvet Elvis. Yeah. It's quite good. It's you funny. know, they're yeah. just kind of like a. You've got like Oh What a World, which is a, is a pretty optimistic and, and happy song, and right after it comes Mother, which is the shortest song on the album, and it's slower and it's just more emotional. And I think just like coupling them together is nice. Must this be. is definitely the album that. <coughs> Of, okay, so I've listened to a shit ton of music, right? Like, we've all listened to a bunch of music this year. This is the one album that's like I see on every top ten list that like I just never, I just never listened to this this year. This you would, you me. would like it. It's kind of like a yeah, um, like I need to listen to it. It's like a country like sea change by Beck. There's a lot of like nice okay. spa- spacey kind of stuff. It's not all a right. breakup album like that was, yeah. but mm-hmm. I think you'll definitely. Underrated. It's definitely airy. It. It, 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 right. Yeah, it flows really right. nicely. I'll yeah. check it out tomorrow when I'm hungover at work. I was playing it at work when it came out, and one of my friend, like one of my coworkers who's from like central Indiana, was like, "Oh man, so like you hipsters like Casey Musgraves now? Oh, I listened to her back in 2013." <laughs> <laughs> That's a hipster it's thing like to chill. Say. It's like chill, <laughs> man. Like, yeah. Good music. Like yeah, it's good. I like good music. Yeah. Alright, that's funny as fuck. Alright, number four, Jared. Okay, number what four. You got? We're number four the... for me, let's go, uh, sorry, let's go to uh, Canada. Um, Canada's finest punk band, Fucked Up, most recent album, Dose Your Dreams. Um, so, Fucked Up have, obviously, if you're for the uninitiated, are kind of like the who as far as punk bands. They're one of like the most sonically powerful punk bands ever. Um, but they always have had like a very experimental tone to them. They've put out, you know, rock operas in the past. They've done a lot of like concept EPs, and sort of their latest album is, I would so the, like thematically the storyline to it is 
character from a former album is sort of um, trying to start his professional career. He's really beaten down, and he meets a tra- time-traveling protester who helps open his mind. He travels through different dimensions and shit. Pretty next level as far as the story goes, but um, the music really rules. So, um, you know, uh, Fucked Up is kind of like a three-guitar punk band, just very, very oppressive and heavy and just very warm chords, just so powerful and awesome. But on this album, kind of like Grape Tooth too, they've almost embraced sort of a trippy Britpop dance sensibility for some songs too. And I attribute it that uh, their singer, Damien, who I believe was like straight edge for most of Fucked Up's career, kind of realized that he could get like a medical card for smoking weed and has like, you know, smokes weed to like cure his anxiety. He's like a cool young dad who like, smokes blunts now and I think <laughs> they've yeah. and so cool young dad who smokes blunts yeah. now <laughs> hey and Johnny it's... round third better <laughs> <laughs> it's like definitely loving the dirt Johnny <laughs> <laughs> sorry it's, it's definitely like changed the uh, almost dynamic of the band to have it be like less less kind of like militant sounding and more kind of embracing these different sounds and shit and it's kind of like you know I feel in like the 70s and 80s a lot of like punks took psychedelics like well weed being a little more like legalized in different parts of the country or in different parts of the world sort of helped influence how punk bands sound of kind of them being a little more colorful and having these different tones to them and i think um for an example of bands that are kind of embracing these different sounds uh dose your dreams i mean the name says it all so definitely check it out really good awesome yeah concept albums rule like that's such a like writing sonically pleasing music is crazy to me mm-hmm. and then like writing lyrics that like sound good and rhyme and then on top of that making it all like fit together is wild yeah like it's, that's such, just like such like an achievement to me yeah. it's like my brain doesn't work like anything like that's that all I, that's <laughs> all i asked for i i just wanted to say that because we've yeah. talked about like concept albums and... mm-hmm. i agree all right number four uh, my number four is God's Favorite Customer by Father John Misty. Let's fucking go! Uh, we've talked a lot about this. I'm just a diehard Father John Misty fan. And this, like I said earlier, I originally came up with my list and then went back and re-listened to everything today before I actually said everything. First time around, Father John Misty's uh, God's fa- Favorite Customer was my number eight. It jumped up. This album it fucking rules. Um, it's probably his most personal but just everything is so fucking solid throughout this like it just rules i don't know what else to say it's better every time you listen to it uh it's really good uh before i get to my number four i did get home uh from a work dinner drinks last night and i was really fucked up and I wanted to listen to all my albums again. And I started with Father John Misty, and I was like so <laughs> sad. So sad. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was like riding a fucking high last night. I was like, yeah. yo, I actually had like a dope like four hundred dollar dinner that someone else paid for. I had nine Humble fucking bark. drinks yeah. of wine. Like, yeah. let's go. Then I was like, turn on, oh. please don't die by Father yeah, John Misty. Yeah, I was like, oh, god damn it, I'm gonna say as fuck now. I'm gonna go like sit in the shower and like cry. It's an amazing album though. I just wanted to put that on the record that I sat last <laughs> night <laughs> listening to it. Are you okay, Nick? Nah, dude. I'm in my sad boy shit, and I think the next couple of the comments will reflect that. Swimming is my number four. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah. Sad boys. 
Yeah, I got nothing else to say. It's really sad, and um, I cry sometimes when I listen to this. Good for you. Move on. Number three. Crying gets a sad out. Number three, Vince Staples FM. Uh, once again, just literally the last episode, listen to it. Uh, he nails the concept. Um, it's a very, like, no filler album. It's like 20-something minutes long. It's awesome. It is a good concept yeah. album. Yeah. He executes so well. Yeah. 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 That was on my honorable mentions. Honorable it's mentions. Just, it's really, really fucking good. It just, kind of like I said before, it never clicked with me, but it's really fucking good. And oh, you know Chris Walk on Poppy Street? <laughs> I Not that often. I do it occasionally, but. It's a hot take. The um, Earl Sweatshirt snippet is better than his album. Oh! Yes! 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 yes. Dude, that sniff. We'll that's get into that a little. We'll get into that. Those and the Tiger snippet. Both of them. I want It made me like Tiger more. I'm like, oh, yeah. hey, hey, let's go. Oh yeah, no, I, I love both those little snippets. <laughs> As you were saying that, you sounded like a cool dad who smokes. Who smokes blunts? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Young dad. Young dad. I'm sorry. I was in my lizard cage. Young dad. Smoking a blunt. <laughs> my lizard Irish. cage. Indiana Adam, man. what up? Let's go. Number three. Number three. I've got Daytona. King Push. Pull right. up in that new toy. I don't. I don't know if I have to say anything about this. We talked about it a bit here, but yeah. I mean, the guy's just strictly a lyricist, and he's got minimal amount of hooks on this album, and I think he just killed it. It's his best album to date it's sure. clear concise succinct yeah i loved it For, from the first like moment i heard it i was like this is gonna be a hit there are zero misses on here correct yeah 100 other than taylor hating the yes. piano guy the guy <laughs> yeah, on yeah, hard yeah, piano rag and bone but like man. otherwise like there are zero misses which so, actually will come back kind of a little bit in my next one man it's i agree insane bars Teeth. it's so quotable well, I mean, since we're you know, know, tweetable, you know. quotable, like Instagram-able. I said, that's possibly even top three songs for me this year. Yeah. So, I mean, since we're getting into like the depths of it, we can analyze them a little more. Like, I feel like I've, at least you in, enjoy Drake's music. Do uh-huh. you do? Are you guys completely side one side is my number one, or side like, two is my number two? <laughs> do you of but, Scorpion? Yeah, but you know, so are you? You know, where do we like weigh in on this like beef? Do you view like two titans coming in on it? You know, where it's like we like watching from I, afar. I think uh, it's. Like, I, I think it's, it's just, uh, like why would you mess with Pusha T? That that's my thought too. Mm-hmm. The the yeah. guy's strictly a lyricist, mm-hmm. and and I think Drake's biggest thing in the beginning was like. Oh, did you really deal drugs? It's like, ah, it's pretty clear this guy dealt drugs. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. his brother and all of his homies mm-hmm. got arrested. Yeah. Like yeah. he was like one of the few people who didn't like back in the early two thousands. So I, I think it was a, maybe. I, I think that Push capitalized on an opportunity to make himself more popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. for sure. And like he for sure, it. yeah. Mm-hmm. But like. Oh, there's a lot of background back. There's a lot of background yeah. shit about the Adidas it goes, stuff. But this beef like, with Push and Young Money goes back to like oh six. Oh, for sure. Like, and like or he, even earlier, Birdman he and Wayne. Like, yeah. on an opportunity to become popular because he also knew his album was very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of my take. Is like is the, the beef the probably didn't need to exist. Yeah, they could have both just 
done their own thing. We all yeah. could have lived on. But Drake had but, to come back with that. Like, Infrared, he get, he's, what, he's got, like, a couple line yeah. jabs. Like, yeah. Drake doesn't need to come back on that. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that? No, but also Duffy Drake, Freestyle, Drake, that was terrible. Drake came out so as bad. a huge lame ass because he was mm-hmm. like, I could come at you, but I'm not going to. And he took more jabs at Ye than you're gonna do Bush. Half it's a like a prescription yeah. drug of Xanax? Like, yeah. I don't know if you're going to do <laughs> half of one? Yeah. 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 So, I think yeah, Drake I mean, should have, he should have just like, He's on like a Michael Jackson tear of hits. Yeah. yeah. Recognize it's kind of differently. He's it's the like top. Hold, yeah. You know, the mild L, the lowercase L versus yeah. the uppercase L, which then. The yeah. story yeah, of Adnan is Drake's like, uppercase L. Does not care if like Pusha T is making fun yeah. of Yeah. Because so like, the core fan base so knows that Pusha T is be- like a I better pure lyrics. rapper. This I, I'm just saying, like, yeah. Drake's like larger fan base is just like, like white, like 20 something mm-hmm. girls. Um, there is like a, a large overlap with that Pusha T fan base, which like we here at the table are included that probably, but like Drake would have been fine just like mm-hmm. continuing on and like us, like people like us being just like, oh yeah, it was pretty wild. And then like two months later, like the 2018 news cycle, just like, but yeah, I, and I, I think it's like, push is not as big if Drake doesn't do I'm yeah, upset agreed. and do me freestyle agreed. because then there's no, the story of Adnan agreed. and that thing was a, a dagger. Agreed. I mean, that thing, it, it killed, it, it bursted Drake in terms of that, but like that dude still had three billboard number ones. He was basically yeah, number exactly. one for 52 yeah. weeks, but like Drake's like, not going to so Adidas this is, anymore. This is also something like, like, I feel like I listen to a shit ton of music, and like Drake is not my like favorite artist, or even top five, top ten favorite artist. He was my number one most streamed artist this year on my Spotify mm-hmm. Rap, and that's like so basic. And like, yeah, yeah maybe, but it's like he's you know, a hit maker. The guy man. has a lot of like, hits, yeah. and like, God, you know, like shit. Like I listen to like good fucking songs yeah. sometimes. Like he's got like forty. God's plan was my most streamed song of yeah. the year, and I didn't. Oh, I didn't think that it was. Yeah, it right. Was, it's like, yeah, I signed it like, today to the 2018 wrap up, and it was that was number one. Yeah, yeah. God's plan and Nice for What were both in my top. That's surprising yeah. as shit. Also, but that's the thing is like. Before we move on, I would like to be let it known that like the Grammy nominations for like Record of the Year, Song of the Year, have to vote on one, and that dude had three or four huge songs this one year. One for artist. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, they can vote for, like, one record of the year. Like, one song of the year. Oh, correct, yeah. But, like, that dude had three number one hits. So, what Nice you... for What, God's Plan, and... In My uh, Feelings. In My Feelings yeah. are all going to get, like... They're all going to get out. split across the votes. So, he might not even get nominated. Because, like, yeah. everyone votes oh, for different shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And I think that sucks. And it's, yeah. like, kind of crazy to me that that dude had three number one singles. And he might not even be in the nomination. So... I would be... He probably will. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, he I, had three number one hits. I would like, say it's, it's between God's spread. plan and Mr. In my feelings. Mr. Mr. Big Grammy will step in and make yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, I think God's Mr. plan is got to be BG. All right, who are we on? We're at number three. Um, I think this is on me. So okay. um, number three for me is a Virginia-based singer-songwriter Lucy Dacus. Her record historian. Um, so so it's a great album. Lucy is obviously, um, you know, it's totally coming up in the world um this album compared to her first album which had t- took on a lot of different topics this one is a lot of sort of analyzing past relationships and heartbreak and sort of using them to uh using these relationships to make sense of your life and kind of take a look moving forward and looking past and not only is it like a very heavy at 
album as far as like themes and emotions too but i would say it's like super heavy like sonically too like the band that plays with their, some of the songs like time fighter and a lot of these songs are like really really imposing thick rock songs that like kind of almost like hit at you know if you're like analyzing like past relationships they're so hard to like make sense of a lot of the music kind of sounds like that it's like really oppressive and she's such a sweet woman and like has such a sweet sound to her voice too that heavy pairing with her voice like fucking really does it for me so um lucy's killing it obviously she was in a new really good super group band with julian baker and phoebe bridgers called boy genius so it's been really cool to see like her star rise really quickly over like the past year because she put out a kick-ass album album is touring and i think she played pitchfork fest at like the 3 p.m slot on a friday so um obviously yeah that trio just came through yeah so they like sold out talia hall so it's like you did the 3 p.m set of pitchfork now you're headlining so you know like i'm sure she'll be playing like those night Oh yeah, she will. Pitchfork is definitely bringing her back. Doing the 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 night shift, if you will. The night shift, Pitchfork. Yes, incredible song. So that's number three. Um, yeah. So for uh, you know, people from Virginia, push a T in the clips to Lucy Dawkins. So many uh, so many different lyricists. Yeah, (laughs) Lucy's in my honorable mentions that I just I couldn't fit, but like that's a very good album. Mm -hmm. Yes. So shout out that chair. Um, my next one is from across the pond, the gorillas, uh, the now, now it's so fun. Uh, I, I was a huge gorillas fan for a long time. I was ready to abandon ship, uh, after humans because it wasn't that bad to me. It was, it had like two songs that I could listen to. I would um, call it the testing of gorillas. Ooh, shots fired. Um, but I love that this time they actually, he brought it back a little bit, honed it in. I mean, he really doesn't have, uh, Damien Auburn doesn't have many features on this album. Um, he's got George Benson, which is, I mean, he's a huge star, but uh, younger people, that's kind of a deep cut. Like, not a lot of people know George Benson off the top of their head, but he's a great jazz artist for humility, which is probably again, top three songs for me of this year. Um, but then the rest of it, the worst song on the album, I think is Hollywood featuring Snoop Dogg and someone else. I don't even care about them. Um, honestly, what that sounds, at you. yeah, whatever. <laughs> Fuck them. Um, it sounds like a B side off of, um, plastic, Island. Plastic Beach. Yeah. Deer start kicking in a little bit. That album's incredible. And the worst song sounds like a B side off of possibly their best album. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything is really good. I really like Idaho, Lake Zurich, Magic City in there as well. It finishes up with Sukai, which is fantastic. It's just a great album. It's fun from beginning to end. I love it. I'm a huge fan of Damon Alburn and the Gorillas. So. It is very fun. I would retweet that. It's not anywhere near my top 20, but it's like one of the more fun albums. It's very listenable. Yeah, yeah, it's a fun-ass album. Um, all right, my number three is Invasion of Privacy by Cardi B. I think everything's been said at this point. It was a big year for Cardi. She smashed her debut album, and um, I'm really happy for her. 
That's my number three. That album's a really hot tamale. <laughs> Yo, I mean, for real though, I do hope she gets the Grammy for best rap mm-hmm. album. That'd be cool. Yeah. Like, it'd be sick. Like, I could see them going for that. Especially because they're really shitty at promoting women, mm-hmm. and they're really shitty at rap. So, so dude, the, the, nomina- the are nominations gonna... are going to be what? It's going to be, like, Scorpion, Invasion of Privacy, Kamikaze. Um, like, KOD, and KOD. Kamikaze. Yeah. It's going to be it's, it's yeah. gonna be the most... Dis- it is every year. It's disappointing yeah. every year. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I'm, I'm happy for her. She had a big year. Um... And I'm looking forward to her next project, for sure. Like, Cardi B rocks. Alright, so my last two, I had a really difficult time. Call it a 1A and a 1B. Okay. Um, but, so number two, or 1B, in my parlance, Saba, Care For Me. Uh, Chicago Bias, We Out Here. Um, what, like, what a cohesive and just like startlingly startlingly like soul bearing like introspective album while also being just like wildly catchy and listen to it's like, honorable mention for me it's so good uh prom king i think is the best song of the year prom king and life are two of my favorite songs that have been released in like the last several years like yeah. it's just like uh saba rocks and um he, we're a big fan of him on the pod. It's also my number two, so I'll skip mine when we come around. Okay. Like, that's my number two album of the year. And it is just an incredible, incredible album that like not enough people are going to listen to. And I hope he gets the credit he's due at some point in his career. Because that guy fucking rocks yeah. as a rapper and an artist. Yeah. So a lot of, um, just as, uh, as an aside, a lot of people were mad at NPR for their top ten. I was more mad that they had Saba at number 26. Oh. Like, put him in, like, top 15 at least. Come on. It's it's an incredible album. It's so good. It's I mean, it's about, like, loss and mourning, trying to move on, like, finding yourself. But the way he does it is, like, you can find yourself in those emotions without ever having to feel like you're, uh, like... I don't know what the word I'm looking for is like you're never like vulnerable like you're like in it but not like too fucking far yeah. gone I don't know what it is but like there's, also, like there's like a way that he like goes about his music that is just like so beautiful and pure and I fucking love also I want to plug his tiny desk performance yes because if you if you listen to the album and listen about the relationships that he cultivated throughout his childhood there's a sweet sweet heartwarming surprise in the tiny desk oh Shot Saba. Also my number two. Uh, my number two, I know we talked about this a couple times. I've got uh, times. I've got Astroworld on here at number two. Uh, it's lit. <laughs> like for me, I've I love Travis Scott, but this this album with all the anticipation that led up to it, um, fans have been waiting for it for a few years now. It lived up to the hype and I think Travis showed us that not only can he can he make a record that's going to just be insanely lit live? But he's also got these songs that are just really good, and he's actually a really good rapper instead of mm-hmm. just, like, yelling into the mic. And uh, I agree. Yeah, no, I thought Astroworld was phenomenal. He proved it, himself This as, would be a 1B, actually, for he me. He proved because himself it's as tough. someone beyond the, like, he's lit Yeah, be, Yeah, exactly. It's almost like him embracing, like, when I first found out about him was when, like, Owl Pharaoh and, like, the... Days before Rodeo album came out, yeah. and I was like, "Dude, this guy is like, kind of 
kind of this like awesome up and coming artist who it's kind of weird and then like those the birds mcknight album birds was, like, I like little, birds a lot. was like but kind of was like there was like a turn up dude but I yeah for that out this record like you mentioned like, that was my of, thing birds was very turn up this was very he's like an art like an artist yeah he's taking the this time very with the music and yeah. like sort of seeing and he's a good guy like does so much for he's houston so ugly, yeah yeah he's an ugly dude, dude he's so when you gave that i feel like he's probably chill to hang out when you gave that review, you're floating around cool the, guy, not the, the not screen in a uh, roller coaster is circling the room right now. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so he's playing United Center tonight. He's playing tonight. right now. Travis, if, if you hear this. Yeah. Trav, next time you're in Chicago, hook us up with tickets. For real, shout yes, out Kylie, do you hear this? Give me money. <laughs> I'm still single. Yeah. All right, Introduce check. Kendall to Nick. <laughs> yeah, for real. Wood bang, ten out of ten. Okay. Hot take. Good. Hot take. Yeah. Nah, it's joking. It's not. Um, she's she's, she's legitimately a model. She's yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, no, she's. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, number sure. two, um, for me, <laughs> we'll give a little background on this too. So number two, definitely for me, Mitski be the cowboy. So what I've gauged of this dynamic, kind of around the, uh, you know, we're not going to address the um, reaction to top 10 lists, but it sounds like you guys have not necessarily listened to the Mitski album, which not, makes me I think of not, being, not you know, where, where the fact that you even listen to it, you're probably going to be bombarded with these end of the year lists saying, listen to Mitski, which then inevitably, which I have done in the past too, I take it out on Mitski or I'm like, oh, you're so much better than us. I don't want to be that cowboy. That you're like, you're number two on the New York Times list, huh? You think you're you're so great, Mitski. So I would say that the album totally deserves all the praise that it has. And if you've never listened to Mitski before, I would say that her music is like, um, uh, half of it is almost like if you deconstructed Pixies songs and put more of like a depth of a band arrangement to them like it's kind of like almost like some songs are kind of like up tempo heavy dark punk songs but with piano and like synth to them and then half of it then is like very lush orchestral almost like fiona appley like piano introspective songs that are very like brutally honest at times kind of funny dark like rock songs to a certain extent and that are very very powerful and her like you know she's got a very good um like twitter presence too she's oh, very she's fantastic like, she's very twitter. very funny so i think of someone to like hit your wagon to like mitski's definitely that and you know don't let the uh end of the year like blowback let you know mitz we're team mitski i think you guys will like her and and mitski is a uh, team reverend which is a uh, ohio-based guitar company Mitski plays a reverend bass and her guitarist plays a reverend sensei ra, which I do too in my band. Shouts out Mitski, reverend represent. Let's go. So check out, uh, check out Mitski's album. You know, don't hold it against her that everyone's going to be forcing you to like, listen to this record. It rules. There's a lot of different music on there for a lot of different people. And I think you'll like it. It's and it's like not, Sad boy music, sad girl music, you know, it's sad person music that oh, we, like we can that. all like. So I was, I'm, I'm mad that you explained the music so well because I was going to make just a dumb um, 
Cowboy soundtrack, Red Dead Redemption. Uh-huh. Yeah, so. I was just about to. <laughs> that. But there's the song that Willie Nelson made for that that's completely lit too. I'm not sure if you got into that point in the game. No, I, uh, no. But, but Josh Homme of Queens of the Stone Age and Willie Nelson made oh, no a song. Really? I knew that. I know like D'Angelo has a song at some point, Ooh. but yeah. I didn't know that either. That's oh, that game. Is so I'm so good. excited for that. That's number one. Is on that my number one? Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, I was very excited last night to play. Uh, we'll skip that. Um, anyway, my number two song. Oh, I was just one guess, more job. <laughs> one more job. No, I got home last night. My girlfriend was gone for a minute. I was like, oh, I'm going to play some Red Dead. Started it up, and then 15 seconds later, she comes home, and then she's like, I'll make dinner. And then fucking everything happens. I played 15 seconds later. I just wanted to mosey around Valentine. Yeah, I got <laughs> I got maybe 10 feet in the game before shit started going down. Anyway, my number two is... Uh, humble brag, you got a girlfriend. Yeah, humble brag. All right, go ahead. Go. My number two, I'm honestly shocked that it hasn't oh, turned shit, up on anyone's yeah. list. Uh, Isolation by Kayla Uchis. She is the closest thing to Amy Winehouse that we have right now. She is fucking fantastic. Um, After the Storm featuring Tyler, the creator, is my number one song of the year. Um, Originally, I had this at about six. I went back and listened to it again today. And yesterday, this album from beginning to end is fucking fantastic. You get like maybe a lull after a song and a half, and then she hits you with something unexpected. She is so fucking talented. Um, the song Just a Stranger, you get enough drinks in everyone, you put it on at a party, that song fucking slaps. That is a good song. Everyone will move to it. It's not a banger necessarily, but everyone's like, oh, fuck yeah, this is groovy. This is great. Um, but from beginning to end, the album is fantastic, and she is one of the most underrated artists out there right now, in my opinion. She's I agree incredible. with you. This is my honorable mentions and an album that like I very much enjoyed this year, but just like didn't listen to enough to put it in like my favorite things. You know, like it's very good though. No, that's fair. So like, shout out that. Originally, I didn't listen to it enough too, but god damn it, it's strongly suggested. Yeah, Isolation is very good. Uh, my number two is Care For Me by Saba. We already talked about it. It's really sick. Alright, so get listen, into the listen number to, one. Listen to Saba. Yeah. <laughs> Um, number my, one, let's go! My number one is Post by Let's Jeff, go! Smoke, yeah! Jeff Rosenstock. Smoking. I mentioned earlier that uh, I like listened to it a bunch earlier in the year. Oh, did I, you? Like thought I burned myself out and like went back to it. It's still really good and I love it a lot. Um, going back and touching on like the kind of the cynicism that runs throughout it is like the core of the album, I think, and like kind of gets the message across but as we talked about way back at the beginning of the year um let them win is sort of the the trap that like sends it all home and i think they did uh or he did a very smart thing when writing it to uh for the most part the album as a whole just like keep things ambiguous um especially on that last song like as people get disenfranchised and like we hear about uh native american dna tests and like toilet crimes and it's like she's kind of like at some point just like who is them um so keeping it ambiguous is good and it stays relevant and like at the end of the day even without all that it's still just like 
super catchy punk music with like very fun genre flourishes that you expect from Jeff Rosenstock. Like I think it's an awesome album. Yeah, and just put some context on this before we move on to Adam's number one is Mark's Spotify wrapped up this year. Yeah, so I his like, five top played songs were all from this album. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. That's awesome. That's yeah, that's awesome. like that's yeah, that's nice. that, that was from like I was that's early, crazy early like 2018. I like every day going to work, I would like listen to it. Not every day, but like yeah. like two or three times a week, um, just because I would pay way too much attention to the news, and like that would do that to my brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm like more broken and cynical. Oh, and, for like, sure, same. And like, don't think about the news as much but you still should and like you should still be angry but also be like mentally healthy yeah, yeah. you agree with yeah. they're saying the same things for like the next six hours so don't tune in yeah all the time yeah you know, like, like uh, take care of yourself first but still be angry yeah like which i think jeff rosenstock would support he seems like a for pretty sure. uh yeah. wise man yeah shout out that very good album all right number one all right number one what you got it's probably isn't a surprise to you guys. FM Vince Staples. I, there's not much that I need to say about it, but the the concept album part, he carries the theme and the story throughout, and he's so clear. And I think my favorite part of the album is if you listen to it in the background, it's a banger, and it's like you're bopping your head the whole time. But if you listen to the lyrics, it's depressing and honest and like. It's very, it's, yeah, yeah, it's fucked it's, up. Yeah. It's, I, I love that. I, I, I love this album. Yeah. What do you think of the Google Maps music video? I think that yeah, video is so phenomenal cool. as well. Fun's my favorite song on the album, but just like he takes us into his home, and then we talked about this on the Vince one. It's like at the end, it's the white kid at the computers, and yeah. mom calls, and he just like slaps it close, and Vince is just like toying with that, yeah. the white fan who doesn't listen to his lyrics. Li- we don't live the life. Yeah. Like. Yeah, so he's just, he's painting, he paints an unbelievable picture mm-hmm. in this. Like, yeah. he's like it's very smart, easy smart to see. Yeah. yeah. He's one of the better, like, strategic rappers we have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's, it's short, it's concise. And I think it's, this is like a weird thing point. that I thought about recently of like, you know, it's now ancient history, but like, Vince Staples was supposed to be a member of Odd Future Wolfgang, and mm-hmm. then he intentionally said, like, I'm not going to be in the group because I kind of want to do my own thing. And I always kind of think about, like, obviously I love that, like, Tyler's really grown up. You know, Earl's album is good. I wasn't meant to, like, disparaging it earlier. But, like, the fact that he was, like, at 18 was, like, I yeah, don't want to, you know, like, like you kind of have your own thing. Like, I have my own thing. And that mm-hmm. really set his career up so nicely. And, oh, to, have, yeah. oh, and yeah. to have the foresight to do that when, like, they were huge on the oh, internet, yeah. you know, which is for, like, a teenager to be, like, it gave Whoa, him that like, freedom yeah, like, to explore sure. sounds. Like, we talked about this the other day, and it's like, he's got big fish. It's very poppy, very dancey. This is very, like, raw and, like, honest. Yeah. And, like, the, and all of his albums have a different sound. So it's, that gave him that freedom, because Odd Future obviously has a, a pretty specific sound. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So. With yeah. that said, if you want to see artist growth, Epar by Earl yes. featuring oh Vince. My gosh. Holy God, is that yeah. an uncomfortable song? Yeah. A to listen to in 2018, oh but like gosh. both those guys have come so far mm-hmm. from that song. Oh, like, for sure. Yeah, 
100%. Like, I, song like is that like, is probably, like, yeah. exhibit A of why Vince is like, uh, maybe I don't want to pin myself to this sound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he was still on that song. Though, right, so, right. Yeah, yeah they were, like, like yeah. 16, 17 at the yeah. time. It was like, that first Earl EP is pretty good, though. It's dude. <laughs> I'm just going to quiet for a second. For, yeah, for a 16-year-old really to, like, make that, mm-hmm. like, album is like even as like immature, or, I mean, like you can't really like describe. You can't really describe the lyrics lyricists. on that. Yeah, but, those yeah. guys they have a way with words, and like you said, at sixteen to do it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. yeah, it's uncomfortable. It's yeah, to, it's like yeah. Immature, especially today, it's immature. Yeah. But it's wild the to way think they paint that picture. It's wild to think that like you know, I looked at like realized that Tyler's like twenty seven, which is like surprising yes. to me, but. Yeah. Earl's like twenty two. He's so young. Yeah. He's lived yeah. like so many yeah. lives. To, like dude, people expect Earl. so people expect so much out of Earl releases. It's mm-hmm. wild. Yeah. Like that guy's been through so much. Yeah, he's yeah. only twenty two. Yeah, like, it's crazy. Just quite just, like nutty. give the guy the fucking break. Yeah. <laughs> okay, one. so number one for me, uh, Parquet Courts Wide Awake yeah. is my number one album. So. I would say that for um, definitely being a part. So to bring it back to our conversation earlier, that uh, I obviously respect the OJ, not OJ Simpson, not yes, that OJ. guy. No, I am uh, OJ. The OJ take the uh, OG Parquet Courts, you know, sort of fandom of being that high tempo, four on the floor punk band vibe with, you know, on the new record they brought in DJ Danger Mouse, kind of helped open up their sound a little bit more. But I think it was like a. Uh, I definitely love the uh, the good idea of punk music. Right, is that it has to be punk is to have like freedom to it. You know, it's what Jeff Rosenstock does. It's the Clash bringing in reggae. It's like bringing in all these different sounds with the idea of sort of ex- experimenting with different things and like using it as like a platform to like speak your mind over. And I think that is what makes the record so cool. Is that some songs are kind of like chill reggae songs a little bit. Some songs are up tempo punk songs. And then it lets Andrew Savage, who is their front man, um, to like really talk about a lot of like you mentioned kind of woke topics, you know, and sort of talk about it from global warming to, you know, men behaving badly. A lot of these like really cool topics. And I, I look to him for like someone to give perspective on yeah. those things. And also, too, I love. Um, so uh, if you check out any Parquet Courts album, Andrew Savage, their singer is their lead um, like art director. He designs all of their album art. He designs that. their flyers. All of their stuff has like the coolest designs ever. And so that's him doing it. So the guy who writes all the songs, sings all the songs, he designs all the cover art and really makes it pop especially. And besides in the Trolls, the band I talked about earlier, Empty Bottle, December oh, 22nd, <laughs> um, I normally p- play the bass and this, ba- this album is complete bass porn incredible bass lines it fucking rules and of course the first uh song is punctuated by the line fuck tom brady uh, yeah, because you ever put that in andrew, andrew savage no. sort of no. talked about the idea that uh tom brady who you know when donald trump was campaigning he kind of was like flirtatiously having like a maga hat in his um in his locker and then when people asked him when trump got elected to comment on the election he didn't have shit to say so he's just kind of like this figure who's kind of this like you know stuck up rich dude and parquet courts slamming tom brady which feels yeah. super good mitch trubisky 
coming at you. Rams, you're over. God, you can't you're done. You're done. You're done. You're done. <laughs> we're coming through Anthony Miller out of Memphis. Two touchdowns this Sunday. <laughs> oh, you're um, calling that. Sorry, we're getting we're getting off topic. Um, so anyway, Parquet Courts, Wide Awake, uh, great album. Like you, but to play into what you thought too, it's a little unfocused. A lot of kind of like different kinds of sounds, but especially in kind of the music you know world now. Who gives a shit? Everyone's no, doing weird right. shit, you know. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense for it now. So uh, I think, good yeah, record. like they are like fun sounds, though. Oh, absolutely. Like, like Marty, even like yeah, Mardi Gras beat is like yeah. like, mm-hmm. like a kind of like a hazier yeah, jam, sure. kind of like a still like song. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> so uh, who's ready to talk about some real sweatshirt? <laughs> uh, SRS, some rap songs. My number one for me. Um, I'm a diehard old sweatshirt fan, but in a lot of this probably is recency bias because it just came out a few days ago. <laughs> but god damn it, this album's fantastic. He is the master of just it sounds weird, but the soft A sound. He's so good at repeating that throughout songs and kind of lulls you to sleep a little bit, but then when you go back, you're like, holy shit, like it's six verses in a row where it's predominantly soft A's in every word that he uses or um, just, I don't know, I'm getting a little hyped up, but (laughs) (laughs) he's so good at that. And then this album from beginning to end, it sounds, it's 15 songs, 25 minutes. It sounds like it's really three songs and you listen to it three times through, you know, this is fantastic. Then you put it on shuffle. It sounds like a completely different album but it all still flows pretty goddamn well. He is so fucking talented at everything he does. I understand it's only 25 minutes and I get why people would be upset, especially since it is 15 songs. So each song is on average like a minute and 17 seconds or something ridiculous like that. It's a fantastic album. I did not. (laughs) Um, Just mental math there. But uh, yeah. He is fantastic. I love this album so much. And like I said, you can listen to it straight through and you can listen on Shuffle and it sounds like different albums, but it all flows great. Please don't listen to albums on Shuffle. That's an earbuds, plea. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's something you said about that, though. I really like The way he did the album. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily cohesive, but it is at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I kind of like the reception to the album, too, because, like, what I almost wonder if, like, generationally, like, so for, like, our, you know, like, the blue chip stalwarts, you know, Kendrick, like, J. Cole, you know, like, those people, it's, like, classic or trash albums, but even, like, not out, like, everyone, like, loved Earl Sweatshirt's record, but people are, like, like, thank you for putting out the record. Yeah. You know, yes. like that, and I'm not saying, like, you deserve, like, a consolation prize for putting out, like, like, if you put out a shitty record, you know, like, if you put out dummy boy by Takashi <laughs> 6 9 people aren't going to say that to you but the fact that like people are like oh like he really tried there's good songs on this they're like like thank you we need you and then it's almost makes me wonder if like that's a good generational thing where as opposed to like the older artists were like eh, that's trash get out of here yeah like yeah. that the, the same people that would say that are the people who are telling Earl Sweatshirt like 
thank you protect yeah. our sweatshirt like we like you know we like this which is like a nice encouraging cool. thing to see i feel like also, we've come to understand that cool. earl as an artist is like he takes the time to make sure it's pretty mm-hmm. yeah like, the also, thing is when when his music comes out it's like you find a way to like, like it because all, you, yeah. yeah you also uh just like in this generation are much more aware of like what is going on not necessarily completely aware but you're aware of the general idea of like what's going on with an artist while they're recording an album. Um, <coughs> sorry. Ooh, we'll edit that out. No. Uh, <laughs> and if you were waiting for an Earl album in particular, um, you, you're paying attention to that and you're probably aware of like the things that he was going through and then that makes you appreciative of like, oh, yeah. like mm-hmm. the album then that comes through that. Also, one of the things I love about Earl Sweatshirt is he's pretty consistent about his message and how he feels. It may not always be the truth, but he always feels kind of grimy and unworthy of everything that he's been through and everything he's received. He's gone through a lot of bad shit and he understands that, but he doesn't really accept that mantra as being a great artist, or which really he is one of the more talented artists, purely speaking. But he doesn't accept that necessarily. So if you go to the songs and even the instrumentation and in it, he chops it up and he makes it seem very grimy. But if you go back, it's well constructed. It's good instrumentation. It's good production. But they chop it up to make it seem worse than it is because kind of that's the theme of all of his albums. He doesn't think he is as good as he I is. I do think that's like a lot of people identify with him yeah. because he has this like just like the downer vibe and like is not mm-hmm. like willing to like you see him promoting his stuff on twitter but like mm-hmm. it's not in like a braggadocious way or like oh. it's not even like in a, like a joke and it's like hey like listen to my stuff and, like, and that's people it. can relate to him because he was almost like the uh star student he yeah. was like the special yeah. student that then like you we're good in like junior high and then, yeah. like all those nice programs. Then you then you kind of fucked up. Yeah, and then you're getting back to it, which I feel a lot of kids can relate yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> and another thing I love too, I'm just gushing over him at this point, <laughs> is he's great at thematically. He'll do a rhyme scheme for like a for like three lines, and then he'll get away from that, and then halfway through the fifth or sixth line from that he brings back that rhyme scheme for a half sack or thematically he'll be talking about hands and then then he gets away from it and then the next line is after a few lines is i grab something and he brings you back to hands a little bit. yeah he when does stuff like that a lot of rappers are asking what do i do with my lines about hands earl knows <laughs> yes. exactly what to do <laughs> Yes, exactly. All right, let's move on to Nick's number one on that very good uh, joke. We're going to end this pod on my favorite album of the year was Astroworld okay. by Travis Scott. And, um, Dab, we're on the, we're on the <laughs> table. I, for real, don't have a lot more to say than what we've already touched on, but like this album gave me some big dick energy for like... <laughs> like I've had a really shitty summer slash fall, and this fucking album gave me some fucking energy <laughs> to get my shit yeah. together. Let's fucking go. So shout out Travis Scott. I feel like most people listen to this album do not feel the same way that I do about this because it's like I have a very specific mood when I listen to this and it's like, let's fucking go. So 
I fucking love Travis Scott. Let's go Astro World. It's my favorite album of the year. Shout out that. So do you get hyped for it? Because like when I listen to it, I must like get calmed. No, I feel. I listen to Stargazing, like... Carousel, and Sicko Mode back to back to back. I'm away to work every fucking day. Which is like a cool, every day. That's a good every day. That's okay. a good thing for a record where like people can take kind of different stuff from you it. You started that in January. It'd be in here all three. Yeah, in the top yeah, five. yeah, for sure. I do. I like I. The thing is, I didn't say this earlier, but he just he his lyricism is different on this. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, he's, he's rapping about his daughter and and his artist. his relationships, his family, and and stuff like that. And I think it's like it's a more honest. Yeah, choice. like to that yeah. point, like way back is on my top five songs on Spotify. That mine too. Travis yeah. song, but like so that song sweet. doesn't nearly meet the lyricist the, right. the lyricism of like my top song this year was Sweet Sweet, which is like. Talking Bang, about cocaine, so like, but yeah. I, I, this is one of my favorite trap <laughs> songs. But at the same time, it doesn't have the lyricism that Astro no. World does. But I love Trav, so shout out this album. Um, thanks for listening for this much. Uh, thanks for coming on the pod, fellas. Number one of podcast of the year. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. December twenty second. Earbuds will be there. Earbuds meet. Earbuds meet and greet. Earbuds will be there. Go see the trolls. We're gonna end the pod on Chicago's best song of the year. Let's fire it up. Payload. Get your credit cards. Hey, call my name, bro. Hey, you Jesus. Get your passport stamps. It's the payload. Fish scales, nigga, fuck 12, yeah, fuck ISIS, fuck jail, sell a Chris Rock, on retail, then get cut, then get pot, then they grease, no coke talk, nigga, fuck a Sherlock, yeah, no shit, I'm afraid not, make a pack double flip like Ongbok, that's a whole lot, that's a high park, that's a shot, I nigga, shot K-Rock, yeah, all my niggas since day one, say when you still alive, yeah, till I rock, count it up, yeah, RIP to a real nigga, that's a bankroll, money back. Coming in like a payroll, I'm a face so, yeah. Chop the whole thing on your head, that's a payload, I'm a face so, yeah. Had to make it rain on your head, that's a payload, count it up, yeah. Hype to a real nigga, that's a bankroll, money bad, yeah. Coming these checks came in like a payroll, chop it up, yeah. Chop the whole thing on your head, that's a payload, I'm a face so, yeah. Had to make it rain on your head, that's a payload, I might still hit it in dash, most on the face like a rash, cocaine cowboy, I'm a cock back. All you need now is a mask. All you need now is a test. Chase on that bad like a bank. Don't get up down like some rank. Holler my niggas some tanks. Same money still an army. Fuck did you think? Me and smoke broke going loco on club hoes. Why you niggas still broke all on the link? Powder on me like I sink.